All right, today we got the Scott Walker, man. How you doing? Doing good, Tony. How you doing? Ah, uh, man, I'm doing good, doing good. So, uh, listen, before we get into your paranormal experiences and things like that, let's talk about beard oils because you are the voice behind the scents that we have on our beard oils and beard balms and and uh, the waxes and all that stuff, man, right? That is absolutely correct, yes. Listen, man, first of all, I want to say again for the millionth time to you and everybody else, <laughs> those scents that you make are top notch, okay? Every time, like, so when you make a new scent for me, you're like, hey, I made a new scent. I'll send you one so you can check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm like, bro. You don't, you, don't need to do that. you don't need to do that because I already know it's killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then sometimes you'll be like, here's two cents to, to smell. Tell me which one you like more for like you did this for the hat man. And yeah. I, I smelled them. And I was like, how, am I, how, am I, how am I supposed to choose? Like, you know, yeah. I think I let other people make those decisions for me. Cause I'm like, I, uh, I want it all. I want it all. So yeah, man, bravo to you. What's the name of your company? It's uh, Anointed AK. And I appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm uh, glad you like everything. Yeah, man. Anointed AK. And that company, bro, is something that everybody who has a beard should be checking out. So the website is anointedak.com, right? Yes. All right, man. So listen, friends, if you like the beard oils on my website, I people tell me I'm really bad at promoting my store, but I do have a store on the website. You can get apparel and things like that in there. Also beard oils. Uh, if you if anybody who has bought the beard oils and enjoys them, I promise you, just go to anointedak.com and check out all the scents because how many do you have there? You have to have like close to a hundred. It's insane. Yeah, available right now, probably upwards of like eighty. I think, but over the last couple of years, I've probably made 200 or so. Yeah. I mean, every time I look at your website, you got something different and stuff. And some of those, uh, sense that you, and cause you have a background in marketing, right? Like you, like digital design and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's mainly uh, graphic design and then everything I do marketing wise is kind of, uh, just me playing around, like trying to see what works, you know, so I can make everything look really nice. And then it's just a matter of figuring out the marketing on top of that. Yeah, because some some of the stuff that you make on that website, as far as like visuals go, I mean, I I, I like wind up wanting like an Oreo cookie sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look at the stuff you're putting out, and it's like now I'm freaking hungry. So um, yeah, that happens. Yeah, bravo to you, man. And before uh, I forget, let's talk about your podcast because you have started a podcast recently as well. Yeah, uh, it's actually something I've wanted to do for God, I don't know, the last three years. And every time I got close to starting one with someone, it just kind of like fizzled out before we even got going. And so, uh, yeah, it's called the freaky deaky and it's pretty much, um, you know, paranormal conspiracy, pretty much anything that's outside of the norm. But the entire premise behind it is my father-in-law and I used to go out in the garage and just talk like I, he's I was kind of a skeptic, well, very much a skeptic and a believer in science and all that stuff. And so it's kind of like, just to have a good time, I'll try to convince him of all these weird things that I'm always hearing about, you know, like Dogman and Bigfoot and all this. And like, well, I heard this one story. And a lot of times I'd reference your show because a lot of the stories came from your show, you know, and I'm an avid listener, Tony, in case you were wondering. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. 
<laughs> but, and so it got to the point, like we had had so many discussions about this stuff, me trying to convince him of the, you know, otherworldly or paranormal or conspiracies, any of that. And him just constantly batting him down left and right that I was like, you know what, this should just be a podcast. And, um, and so we just kind of started from there, but the, the beautiful thing about it is, you know, it's 2021 right now. And I feel like, and maybe you can relate a little bit, like everyone kind of lives within their own personal bubble, you know, like their own opinions and all that stuff. If anyone goes against their opinions or their beliefs and they just kind of like lash out like, no, that's not right. You're lying. But, um, so I thought it'd be a good idea to have a, a podcast where we talk about the weird stuff and weird stories, phenomena, all that stuff, but you get all perspectives from it instead of just me saying, Oh, I a hundred percent believe this thing. And it has to be true because that's not really how we grow as a society. It's not really how we learn or anything like that, you know? And so I want to hear other opinions. I want to hear people say, well, it doesn't have to be paranormal. It could be this. And so that's kind of what my father-in-law Christian does is, you know, a lot of times he'll sit there and talk about, oh, it's your brain or it's a natural phenomena or it's this and that. And, and so we go back and forth without ripping each other's heads off. We just have a good time, like overall comedy podcast. So we don't take anything super seriously, but we talk about all the crazy topics that, um, and then our, our friend Heather is the third host and she's kind of new to the genre of everything. So she's finding out all this crazy stuff we're talking about and just kind of giving her input as we go along. And so it's just a, a really, it's a nice place where you, I don't know, you just don't get, there's, there's no judgment of however you feel, however you land on the subject. If you don't believe it, if you do believe it, cool. Like all three of us feel entirely different things about the subjects we talk about, but nevertheless, you know, we still maintain relationships and friendships and it's okay to disagree with people. You don't have to, you know, people don't have to share your opinions just to, I don't know, be in your circle. You know, it's okay to think differently is essentially the theme of it. But yeah. Um, and every time I explain this podcast to people, I explain it differently. So that's unfortunate, but <laughs> overall it's just, it's a fun time. It's more a comedy podcast about weird stuff than it is us taking anything seriously, you know? So well, it's, uh, I, I tell you, man, I'm not a fan of people walking away being friends after disagreeing. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I, listen, I think if you don't agree with me, then you are just a bad person and you should not be allowed to speak your mind. And so uh, I'm definitely not a fan of this whole idea of your podcast. But like, <laughs> well, see, that's, that's why our relationship works, Tony, because I agree with that. You know, I, we believe in the same things. <laughs> so I know. It's, it's okay. It, it's, and it's driving me nuts because you keep agreeing with me and I keep trying to distance myself from you as a friend. You keep getting closer and it's like freaking A, man. Like, leave me alone. I don't like people who don't agree with me. You know, I just don't escape. like it. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, man, that sounds like a fun podcast and uh, people should definitely check it out. What's the name of it again? Uh, the Freaky Deaky. And it's uh, Instagram and all that stuff. It's at Freaky Deaky Pod. Okay. And it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, man. Pretty much anywhere, anywhere and everywhere you can find podcasts there. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Now you're in Alaska. So I was kind of surprised they had internet out, out there. So it's, <laughs> yeah. one of, it's one of those things, man. No, I'm just playing with you. Actually, yeah, I just I got to step email. outside my igloo for a second to get this phone call. So <laughs> <laughs> it better be worth it, Tony. Oh, uh, well, the audience will decide that. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just got an email from uh, some people up in Alaska 
and uh, they're they're talking about starting, I guess, their the first like real cryptid conference in Alaska. And they invited really? me to uh, come up and I think that uh, they gave me pretty much option to do anything like host it, be a speaker or whatever. Um, I just don't know if I can afford that trip. <laughs> so uh, I interested. Yes, but I'm just not sure if I can swing that. Uh, that's a long, long way from Philadelphia. Well, yo, man, you got a place to stay if you're anywhere near uh, Wasilla, Anchorage, you know. Yeah, well, you know. Maybe that would be an option. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But uh, I got your number, bro. If I land in Alaska, have nowhere to stay, <laughs> I'll be giving you a call. And you'd be like, bro, that's like 16 hours from me. Uh, well, get down here. So <laughs> Yeah, quite quite the trek. It's a big place. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right. We wasted 10 minutes of people's time talking about <laughs> nonsense. So <laughs> let's get into the paranormal, man. Uh, I hear you've had paranormal experiences in several different locations. Uh, feel free to start from the beginning and walk us through this stuff, man. Yeah, um, pretty much my entire life, man. I I can't remember a time when I didn't see stuff, but the earliest thing I can actually remember seeing, if that makes sense, was, uh, I don't know, I had to have been 12, 13 somewhere in that range. Um, our church youth group went to like some, you know, those big raging Christian concerts that always have. I want to say the, the closing act was like newsboys or something like that. If you remember them, (laughs) shine, they probably did shine as their closing song. Probably, man. I wish I could tell, I don't know anything about the concert. I just remember I came home from a concert and I was like, I was super nervous because I just had this weird feeling that I was going to see something. And so as soon as I plopped down on my bed, I actually remember praying and I was like, I was like, God, uh, if I'm going to see something, just make it quick because your boy is tired. (laughs) And literally like 10 seconds later, I'm sitting there staring at my wall, just laying on my bed. And uh, I see like a snake kind of slither up half of it. And this is one of the few times that I saw something that I actually didn't get freaked out. Most of the time, it's not very masculine. I react a very specific way. And uh, it wasn't one of those times, luckily. I just watched it go halfway up the wall. And then it kind of like lost its grip or whatever, I guess. And it just kind of fell back on the floor. And I just kind of laid there in bed. And I was like, well, all right. And I just rolled over and went to bed. Because I knew that I was going to see something that night. But ironically, like I don't remember anything before that. I don't remember seeing anything before that. But I know that I must have because I remembered being nervous because I knew I was going to see something, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I was just, I don't know. I My entire childhood, man, I was terrified of my parents' house and there's no particular reason for it. You know, like I, I had a great family, great parents and the house that we moved into or the house that we lived in, I should say, was brand new when we moved in, you know, and that's not to say nothing could happen there because it was, you know, freshly built, but still it didn't make any, it was no, you know, cemetery or crazy land that people shouldn't live on or anything like that. Um, but I also found out pretty quickly that I was the only person that did see stuff. Cause I would occasionally, you know, I'd ask my brother and my sister, I'd be like, Hey, you guys ever, you know, see anything weird around here? And it was, I was always met with the same thing. It's always now. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess it just must be me then. That's fine. And um, so I, I don't know. I just always kind of felt weird. And part of the reason is, you know, not only seeing stuff constantly, but it was just like it had a weird layout for the hallway. And I always felt super creeped out in the hallway because it was kind of one of those um, 
like L-shaped hallways where it kind of opens up six feet and then you turn right and the rest of the hallway is right there. But at night, that hallway was super dark. And as a kid who was terrified of just about everything under the sun, um, when I went down that hallway, I just felt creeped out. Like it felt like something was watching me and trying to scare me and all that fun stuff. And so, you know, you deal with that for about 10 or 15 years and eventually you just kind of get sick of it. So, um, where was this again? Uh, what state? Oh, this is California city, California, California city, California. Is that like North central South California? No, it's the high desert, man. It is like 15 minutes from Mojave, like Bakersfield, Edwards air force base, all that stuff. What's the chances so, of actually like, what's the chances of a real snake actually going trying to cl- crawl up your wall there? I mean, pretty high. It is the desert, but at the same time, like we've never had a snake in the house. So I just, and like, again, since I felt like I was going to see something, I, that's the only reason I wasn't freaked out by it. I was like, oh, this must be it. But yeah, it was the desert. So snakes were definitely nearby. I got you. I just wanted to ask, cause I, I wasn't sure. I, I knew you moved around a lot and, uh, I knew this snake couldn't be up in Alaska or maybe it could be you have snakes in Alaska. I'm not got sure. it. I, I hope not, Tony. This place has got to have a few perks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no snakes, but probably plenty of uh, other nasty creatures out there. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could say that, but yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a few noteworthy, um, you know, things that I saw throughout my childhood. And I remember this one time actually probably, teenager of some sort. A lot of it happened in my teens, but I I had to have been probably like 15, 16. And, you know, in those years I was learning guitar so I could impress the ladies as you do. And, um, and so it was one night, my, my parents had gone to bed and I was sitting there like writing probably sappy love songs that no one will ever read or hear. And like, I had to go to the bathroom. So I kind of put, I put my guitar down, uh, put my pen in my, my pad down on the coffee table, went to the bathroom. And when I came back, there was a small black feather underneath my pen. And again, like, and I had to explain this to Christian cause I told him about it, but I was like, my parents aren't like practical jokesters or anything like that, you know? So they're not going to wake up and like, Oh, this will show him. And, and so there's really no explanation for how a black feather got underneath my pen, but I remember it freaking me out. Um, of course. And so I'm just kind of like sitting there in a silent living room holding this small. And again, it was super small. It's only like two inches by maybe a half inch wide or some tiny black feather. But I was just kind of holding it and wondering like, did I put this there? Is there some reason this thing got here? But eventually I just decided I'm like, no, it's bedtime. And so I went to the kitchen to get, uh, I heated up some leftovers because I was hungry from, you know, all the, the songwriting that happens. And, um, and, but as I was sitting there at the microwave, heating up these leftovers, I glanced in the reflection of it. And in the reflection of the microwave, I just see this gigantic, like black figure that took up the entire entryway to the kitchen. And it was a tall entryway. I mean, it's not massive, but I mean, probably eight, eight and a half feet high, you know, four feet wide or something like that. But the, the figure took up the entire entryway. And I remember as soon as I saw that, I looked away because I was not going to deal with that in that moment. I was like, no, nope, that wasn't a real thing. Everything's fine. Uh, I took my food out probably a few seconds early for obvious reasons. 
And I just, I remember turning around and just staring at a blank entryway to the kitchen and just saying aloud to a room full of nobody, uh, please don't hurt me. I'm just going to take my food. I'm going to go to bed. This is all going to be behind us. Everything's fine. And as I was walking through the, like the entryway to the kitchen or exiting the kitchen, I should say, um, it, it didn't feel like air. If, if that makes any sense at all, like it was thick, like I was walking through something tangible. It almost, it almost felt like, and I explained it as like, I, like I was walking through jello or something like that. And I mean, it sounds kind of fun, but I've no, like I couldn't see anything. Nothing was physically there in front of my eyes, but it felt heavy as I was walking through it. And so as soon as I got past that, I just ran back to my room, slammed the door, ate my food, went to bed, you know? So like, I mean, so you're saying that it, it wasn't just like a heavy feeling, like it was a physical, like you could feel yeah. like that you were walking through something physically. Yeah, it was a, it was straight up physical. Like I felt it go all over my body. Interesting. Okay. When, when I was just, I was just thinking more of like the, like a heavy feeling more than anything. Um, yeah. So you see this, this black feather underneath a pen, then you go out to the kitchen because you got the munchies from from writing music uh, i don't know classic what, yeah yeah <laughs> it happens tony all right you gotta I believe guess. me it happens I, I guess i don't know i don't write music uh <laughs> but um you see that reflection in in uh, the the microwave uh could you tell the shape of it i mean was it like a giant like like almost like a figure of a man or was it like a giant parrot or what <laughs> uh it wasn't definitely wasn't a parrot yeah it uh it looked just like it pretty much like an oversized shadow person like it was definitely a shape of a man or a humanoid in nature okay okay and uh was that like the first time you ever saw something like that in the house probably not no i i mean i saw a lot of like something like that sure like i'd never seen anything that big in the house for sure but um i was definitely used to seeing stuff in general okay so this was like kind of like the environment of the house to me. Yeah. Apparently just to me, like nobody, nobody else ever, like my brother, I think maybe saw one or two things that I you know, got out of him throughout the course of his life. But yeah, I was the only one that saw stuff regularly. That's interesting. I mean, do you think that there was anything, there's anything about you that you were getting uh, this, these experiences? I mean, like you could approach it as the idea of, you know, you were being targeted or maybe that you have, you know, the ability to, maybe you're more sensitive than other people. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought, um, that I'm kind of like an empath, if, if that makes sense. Like I feel people's emotions and I can sense when, you know, kind of like the same thing you you've talked about where you like know who's going to call before they call and, and all this crazy stuff, you know, like I, I've, I've said it before somewhere, probably a million times at this point, but I've like, I have the, the probably the most ridiculous superpower of all time where I can kind of see the future, but in like really short, meaningless increments. Like I can see what's going to happen like 30 seconds from now or 10 seconds from now or something like that. How often? And it's, what's that? How often? Uh, I don't know. Probably like at least a handful of times a year. Like it's just a feeling I'll get. And then um, like I gave this one example. I was back when I lived in Vegas, I was driving on the 215, I think. And it was pouring down rain. And going down the highway, I had to get off because I, I was, or it was my off ramp. So I was like, all right. And as I was headed towards the off ramp, I had like a visual in my head and a, a thought along with that visual that said, what if you like fishtail when you're going up this on ramp or off ramp? And I was like, 
I've never done that before. So that'd be a first. And then literally 10 seconds later going up the off ramp and, um, and I start to fish tail like exactly how I had seen it. And then same with like, I got held up in Vegas once and it was the same type of feeling. Like I didn't have a thought that was accompanied with that, but it was the same type of feeling where as soon as I saw these three guys walking towards me, I knew exactly what was about to go down to the point where as soon as he pulled a gun, like dude dropped it and I grabbed him and threw him into the other two guys and like took off running. And, um, and so it's just like this kind of like sixth sense almost where like sometimes it's phone calls. Sometimes it's actually seeing physical events like in my head for a brief moment. And then it, but it's, it's always accompanied as like a thought, like what if this happens or what if this happens? You know, like it's always, it's never like a definitive thing. Like, Hey, watch out. This is definitely going to happen. If that makes any sense. No, it doesn't make sense. And I, I you know, I, I should say it does make sense. I think it might have said, I think, I think I might have said <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. It's fine if it doesn't. My, <laughs> my words got jumbled. Um, no, but it does make sense. And yeah, I've mentioned that on the show before, like the most distinct time uh, that that's happened to me. I remember it was when I was a child and I literally, cause I literally physically acted out in a way where I knew this was going to happen. I remember I was sitting in the living room in my beat up, broken down trailer with my, me and my family. My mom was in the kitchen and my dad was sitting in the living room with me. I literally got up. I went around the couch, walked over to the counter. This is when we had home phones, landlines. And I reached my hand out to pick up the phone. And just before my hand touched the phone, it rang once and I picked it up. I answered and I think it was like for my mom. I gave it to her. I turn around and start walking back in the living room. And my dad just is like <laughs> just staring at me. I should talk to him about this on Hammer Lane Legends to see if he remembers he this. Um, he, he just is looking at me. He's like, did you know that was gonna, that was going to ring? I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> i think that's the way i remember it i remember me saying uh huh. maybe i told him no i don't remember but i should ask him about that on the show and see if he you should that. yeah but um that was like the most distinct time because i remember when i was a kid it would happen to me and i'm like oh dang i i knew that was gonna happen so i actually acted it out um but it doesn't happen to me a ton but i know that that feeling i mean it, it's it, what you described is esp i mean which is you know a sixth sense uh that you know people talk about i think it was first discussed in i forget what university it was and stuff but um i think it's a real phenomenon i think it's a real phenomenon and uh and i think a lot of people have that ability and uh you know do you think that it's something that um that you could ever get to the point where it's more controllable or maybe uh yeah i guess controllable in the sense that you you would get um how do i say this so it's just like I mean, I shoot fishtailing, getting jumped. I mean, that's pretty serious. But like, you know, could do you think that's a possibility that, and not just saying you, but just in general, the idea. Do you think it's something that you could control? Where, you know, maybe you could just. I guess that's just called uh, being psychic. Then, <laughs> like, like, like hone in on it type yeah. of thing, like to the point where I could on like command almost. Yeah, but I guess that's being more psychic than anything. That's not really the SP. So, <laughs> I mean, if we called it anything else, I'd be for it. <laughs> like, but I just I'd never be able to be like I'm a psychic. Like, no one would ever take me seriously. You know. Well, if uh, you if you wore one of those fancy hats, maybe they'd believe you then. Shoot, you don't got to tell me twice, man. I'll do it. There you go, bro. There you go. Uh, so yeah, man, that's interesting. That's interesting. And that was, um, how old are you when the, when you, you were in Vegas, so you were an adult at that point, right? Yeah, this was probably like, I was probably 22. I'm 30 now. So it had to have been like 2012, 2013. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've always, and just to touch on what you kind of mentioned before, like I've always thought about it too. Like, is there any way for me to like make this better or, or like hone it a little bit to where it's more controllable or anything like that as, as strange as it sounds. But the only thing I've actually tried doing is being more, I guess, positive with the way I speak. Like if, I don't know if that sounds like it lines up at all in my head, it does, but, um, like almost like you control the world around you with your words, you know, you have the the power of life and death in your tongue or whatever you want to call it. But like, I feel like when I'm more positive and I believe in that things are going to happen, that they actually happen. But if I'm negative and I believe bad things are going to happen, those happen, you know, is, so I don't know if that's just a perspective shift or whatever, like, like, I mean, fair warning, I'm probably the saltiest Christian that walks the earth. Uh, you know, I swear like a sailor and, and all this stuff. And I'm super negative all the time, but like, I found when I do try to actually be positive that it does help and it helps. Um, like, I feel like I can make better things happen if I have a positive mindset. I don't know. I don't know if that ties in with what we we're talking about or if I went on like a crazy tangent there, but it made sense in my head. No, it's a, it's almost like what people talk about with the uh, law the law of attraction, right? I mean, uh, a little what bit, you, yeah. What you think and what you say uh, can manifest, and um, you know, it, it. Like I I know I sound like a broken record on this show, but I, I, <laughs> I when I say things, I mean it. I mean, it, it really all depends on how you uh, view the world around you as to how you're going to perceive certain philosophies and things like that. I mean, what I, with what I just said, there are people out there that hear that and like, yeah, absolutely. You can manifest your own destiny, this, that, and the other. And then there's yeah. other people out there that would say, well, yeah, it's like you speaking it out, God hearing you and blessing you. Like, I mean, there, there's just, you know what I mean? There's so many different ways to go about it. I mean, I mean, maybe if you're speaking out negativity and you're saying, I want this person to die and that happens, that's not God. So yeah, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. That's probably not. That's more like voodoo stuff, but uh, you're not uh, voodoo, right? I don't think so. I mean, I don't I hope not. <laughs> I don't know if there has to be any kind of like claim to it. If you but... are, I just want to address that we are friends. <laughs> we are friends. That's true. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. So where do we go now? Um, let me think. There's uh there's a few instances similar to like when I got held up. I told you the the guy dropped his gun. Um, but the way he dropped it, it looked like someone pushed it out of his hand. You know, I'm like, and so I, I have these a few stories that I feel are like almost divine intervention or like angelic intervention or something like that. Um, and that was one of them. But there was one time when I was at my parents' house and it was the craziest thing that's ever happened as far as like uh, the feeling that came over me when it was going on. Um, yeah, so I... I I should preface this and I really don't want this out in the world, but I, it's part of the story. So people have to know, um, when I was a teenage boy, yeah, there, I had like this odd fascination with, let's say Hillary Duff. All right. Let's just get it out there. Let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> everyone, okay. Everyone is aware the, the whole world knows now it's fine. Um, I'm past it. Okay. In case anyone's wondering, but, uh, yeah. So I had like several like Hillary Duff posters on my walls, just <laughs> randomly. And it started out as a joke at first. Like my guy friends would come over and be like, uh, what's Hillary Duff doing on the wall. And then I eventually it's me. So I'm like, well, now I have to add as many as I can. So I had like, I think at the most four, like one on each wall. And, um, and I thought it was hilarious, but 
I people probably thought it was weird and I'm okay with that. But there was this one night I, um, I woke up in my Hillary Duff bedroom and at the foot of my bed, there was a figure standing there and kind of like illuminated, I guess. And I'm trying to figure out the best way. I've never described the, the appearance of this figure because it's super hard to, to detail, but it's, um, it's like, at first it was my pastor, but the, the, the shape or the, the face was constantly shifting into like other spiritual leaders from my life. Like it was my mom at one point, it was the pastor. It was like just different people that had a spiritual influence on me throughout my childhood and all that. And I just remember feeling like super peaceful. Like I wasn't creeped out. I was kind of like sat up and, and like looked at this thing and the, the being looked over to the, my, to my wall and saw one of the Hillary Duff posters above my bed and then looked back at me and was like, yeah, you know, you got to take this down. Right. And, and I was just kind of like, and I, I'm tired first of all. So I kind of like look at, it, I'm like, well, how, how do you expect me to do that? And this look of confusion fell over the, the what I'm, I'm just going to call it an angel. I have no idea what it was, but over the angel's face, it just kind of looked at me like I'm an idiot for a second. And it was like, well, how would you normally take them down? And these are just little posters on the wall, man, like thumbtacks. All right. That's how you take it down. But, and so I just look over at, at the wall where the poster is and I rip the corners of it instead of pulling the thumbtacks out weird flex. I know, but for whatever reason, that's how I took the poster down. And I remember holding on to it and looking at it for a second and then tossing it on the floor. And when I looked back up at the angel, she had like a, a smile on her face and she just kind of like tapped my forehead and then I went back to sleep. Like, and so as soon as I woke up the next morning, I was like, that was the strangest dream of my life. And I looked down on the ground and there's the poster. And I look up on the wall and there's the four corners of the poster. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that actually happened. I have no idea what it was, but it was weird nonetheless. And again, I just felt like a, like a super calm feeling. Like I was, I've never been more at peace in my life is what I say, because it just was, it was kind of like a just you know, most people, you wake up, you see something in your room, you're going to be like, whoa, that's not supposed to be there. Hold on. But, but for me now, it's just, it was super peaceful. You know, that reminds me of, uh, man, I don't remember what episode it was. It was like within the first 20, I want to say episode 17, I think I had uh, a guy named Jason on the show and I've heard this several times throughout the show, but this is the first time I heard it. That's why it sticks out in my head all the time. And, Mm. uh, he he uh he's actually in the intro he's the one that says that he looks into the bush and there's a monster then he was looking at a monster at the end Ooh. of the intro and um but he talked about living in an old farmhouse as a kid growing up and he woke up and saw i don't want to say he woke up because i don't remember if he was sleeping or not but he saw this entity or something and it was flashing images to him recognizable images uh and i distinctly remember him saying the one image it flashed to him was um, was uh, Fred Flintstone, and uh, and he talked about that, and that was so bizarre to me, especially as a as a new podcaster, as somebody who you know is just trying to understand how to hold these conversations with people, and you know, I, I still I was you know wet behind the ears. Um, I heard that, and I was like, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, I have no, yeah, I, I have no idea, and I I know I've I know I've heard it since on the show because. I remember talking to other people about this and I think we were on in those conversations we were talking about the idea of ET uh doing this I think if I remember correctly 
Uh, and it's just an interesting thing. It makes you wonder what ET is. It makes you wonder what you saw, what that is. I mean, you said that you had this this sense that it was like angelic. Um, you know why? I don't know. Like what? What? I mean, you've had time to think about it. What? Why do you think that that instance happened to you? I mean, honestly, your guess is as good as mine, dude. It was. I, I hold on to it mainly because it was one of the few things that I actually saw that didn't terrify me. And, um, but yeah, I've thought about it too. I thought about like the significance of it, just like almost like shape shifting into just spiritual leaders in my life up until that point. Like if there's significance to that or, or what, but like I explain it, I don't know. I don't know how many people out there have seen the movie, but it was similar. Like I saw this movie later on in life and I was like, Oh crap, that's kind of similar to how that one thing looked. But it was, um, I want to say the movie's called like a scanner darkly, some cell shaded Keanu Reeves movie, but there's like these weird, like skin suits and don't, I mean, spoilers, I guess, um, <laughs> came out like 2003, but well, I mean, uh, you said, you said the name of the show or the movie, you said Keanu Reeves and it sounds like a B-rate movie to me. So don't even worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, but like, there's just, I don't remember what they were exactly, but it was pretty much like people wore these suits that were constantly shifting into different like faces and looks and stuff like that. And that's just the only way I could ever describe what I saw, because that's the only thing I've ever seen in my life since that time that actually kind of connected to it in a way that was relatable. I'm like, Oh, maybe that's what it was. But Definitely wasn't a cartoon that I saw, so I don't really know. That's interesting, man. That's interesting. Um, and the fact that you weren't scared. Did you ever relay that story to anybody after that happened, or did you kind of hold on to that one? I, I I think we had just come back from like Redding, California or something like that. And um and we were visiting people that were also like that took us to that what Bethel Church and and all that stuff. So we were like, I, I remember emailing one of our friends up there and kind of telling her about it the next morning. And her, I think her response was something along the lines of that was an angel telling you to stop obsessing over Hillary Duff or so I have dude, I have no idea. Like, like that's about as close as I could get, I guess is don't obsess over Hillary Duff. Okay. There you go. Disney channel, turn it off. Uh, <laughs> and it worked. So that's, <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Be- uh, Bethel Church. Now that church sounds really familiar to me. Why do I like? I feel like if I know a church in California, it's probably because it's known for something not good. What 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 is up with Bethel? Church? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it, the pastors are like Chris Valentin, Bill Johnson. I think his son's doing it now. I haven't really kept up too much on it. They're a pretty big church. I think. Um, you know, there's a. I think Bethel Music is what it's called. Like, there's a ton of worship albums and stuff that they release. So that's probably, that's probably, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> I was just making sure you weren't part of a cult or something like that. I don't think so. No, I'm kind of, <laughs> you know, we're, we're flying solo on the church front right now. So still, still browsing team Jesus. It's all you need. That's uh, funny. so, uh, all right, man. So those are some of your experiences. Um, now that was California and you, you got jumped in Vegas. You had that angelic thing. I mean, it seems like a recurring situation here where you believe you had uh i guess angels looking out for you in one way or another yeah i think the only the only one that is still kind of i don't know it weirds me out to this day like the i'll and i'll end the the parents house stuff on this one um actually no i won't there's a couple more but um there was one time i woke up and i remember like visually 
everything because my bed was in the middle of the room. We were painting my room. And so I remember sitting up in the middle of the room on my bed to my mom, like, you know, kind of Jack Nichol- Nicholson face through the door type pose at 5 a.m. And she just kind of like looks over at me and she starts talking. And I'm trying to like wake up and I'm wiping sleep from my eyes. And, and she's talking, she looks really excited, but I can't understand a single word that she's saying. And, um, and so I, I like stop her. I'm like, wait, what? And then she starts talking again, still smiling ear to ear, like in, enjoying whatever the, the heck it is she's telling me. And then she says it again and I can't hear a single word of it again or understand a single word of it. And so I'm like, you know what? Okay, whatever. I was like, I'll just ask you when I wake up, I went back to sleep and she kind of left my, my door slightly open. And so I woke up, you know, eight or eight thirty or something like that. And I went down to my mom's room and she was reading in bed. And I remember just walking up to her and being like, okay, what were you trying to tell me this morning? And she just kind of looked at me confused and she's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you like busted through my door this morning, super excited about something. I didn't understand a word that you said. And she's like, no, I, uh, I didn't go in your room this morning. And, um, and her, I don't know, her thought behind it was it must have been her guardian angel got the wrong room. And, you know, I was like, first of all, how conceited are you? You think your guardian angel looks just like you? Come on, mom. But, um, but yeah, it was, the, it was the strangest thing. It was like, it was like a doppelganger, but there was no like sinister intent behind it. It actually looked pretty happy. So I have no idea what that was either, but it looked exactly like my mom. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, what happens in Vegas, man? I know you got mugged. Is there anything else that happened in Vegas? Oh yeah. Some actually the the weirdest one. Um, and I kind of talked to you a little bit about it where I don't know, I can't differentiate between hallucinations and reality, but there's a few stories I have that there is no explainable way for me to say that this was just my brain. And one of those stories was when I was living by myself, um, I had a one bedroom apartment off sunset and my, you know, my posse of gay best friends, shout out Daniel and Marcus went karaokeing every, I don't know, every weekend. And they dragged their, their favorite straight guy with them. And, um, one of these nights we we're at, and I think the bar was called East string and we we're at East string and there was this girl there and I'm the type of guy that never approaches women. Like I just do not have that game. And, uh, but for whatever reason, I got pep talked into doing it. And I walked up to her and just kind of like, you know, I played it smooth. I'm going to be honest with you, completely smooth, won her over somehow and cut to the following weekend. She comes over to my place. And I mean, let's just say we were reading scripture or something and she leaves. Right. And, and then, <laughs> but the, and then she comes over four days after that. And that's what the focus of this story is, is the four days between her visits. Right. So she comes over, she leaves the next day I'm going to sleep and I wake up and I look at the end, end of my hallway and there's just like a small shadow person standing at the end of the hallway, staring at me. And so I jump up, I turn on the light and look and there's you know nothing there. And so I'm like, okay, odd. I go back to sleep, forget it ever happened. And then the following night, the second night, I, the same thing happens, except I wake up and there's a shadow person standing in my doorway. And as soon as I like see it, he kind of, I had some photography gear up, like some of those big umbrella lights. And as soon as I see it, he dashes behind those umbrella lights. I jump up, turn on the light, nothing there. I'm like, okay, weird. 
And then the following night, night number three, I wake up to a crash and it's my, like I had one of those tall lamps next to my bed. And so I wake up to the sound of this thing crashing to the ground. And I remember yelling at my cat at the time because I thought, of course, her 3 a.m. shenanigans, she's knocked over my lamp. But as I'm yelling, I like turn trying to find my cat and she's like freaked out on the bed next to me, laying down, looking as if she had just woken up too. And so I just, I don't know, I'm like super freaked out by all this stuff. And I'm like, why does this keep happening? Like night after night after night. And then the fourth night she comes over and I think we made dinner or something like that. And we were on the, the couch watching a movie. And I remember it was, it was crazy the way she said it to me because it's super nonchalant, but she just kind of rests her head on my shoulder. And she's just like, Oh, by the way, I get followed around by a six-year-old demon boy named Zach. And, and I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, uh, what exactly? And so she explains to me that her and her friends were playing around with a Ouija board. I don't know, like a couple years prior to this moment. And she said that after that, like something attached to her and she said that all of her friends can see it, but she's never seen it once, but it pretty much follows her around. And, um, and she said, she gave one example. She said, one of her friends, I think, what was it? Um, they were on like the second, second floor of a building house, presumably. And, um, and the girl looks out the window and there's like a shadow figure just standing outside the window of a second floor building or second story building. And, and then, so I'm like, well, that's an interesting development because for the last few days here, I've been terrified and you've been scaring both me and my cat equally. Um, and her reaction to when I kind of explained what had happened, her reaction to it was like almost jealousy. Like she was super upset that I got to see it. And she didn't. And so that was, I mean, yeah, let's just say that was the last time I, I saw her. I was like, you know, this is fun and everything like that. You're super great. But yeah, I can't have that. I can't be around that forever because I'm the one that sees stuff. I can't take you in my life. And uh but it took me, I, I want to say like roughly a month to actually feel comfortable in that apartment again. Like, you know, the blessing and the saging and the, the praying and all that stuff. It took a month for me to be okay with the lights off there, all kinds of stuff, just because it felt super creepy ever since she walked in. And so that's one of the few stories that I have that I actually have zero explanations for. Like there's no, or there's no way for me to say that it was just my head or I was hallucinating or, you know, dreaming or whatever you want to call it Christian, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, so there, there's no explanation for it. Like what, I don't know, Tony, what would you call that? Is that a shadow beast, a demon, demon boy? I don't know. I call it get out of my house. Like, yeah. yeah. That, I'm like, as soon as I hear, I hear that, I'm like, get out get out now. <laughs> like It's been yeah. real, but it hasn't been real good. Get out, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. it's time to roll baby. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would have done the same thing. I would have kicked her out and said, you're done. See you later. Enjoy your life. And, uh, you know, if you're that, if you, if you want to see the kid that much, then you know, I wish you luck in your endeavors, but you're not going <laughs> to do it with me. That's for sure. Yeah. And so, and I remember like, I, I let it go after that point. Cause I didn't want to think about it. Didn't want to talk about it or nothing. But a few years down the road, I remember just kind of looking up um, like Ouija board stories. And I remember searching specifically for Zach, the Ouija board demon, you know, because I guess I'm, I don't know. I have no idea why, but 
apparently like people are linking that with um like zozo or zaza mama whatever the the random you know the main ouija board demon is that people talk to allegedly and further than that like people were saying that there's like reference to a zazel or something like that and i remember that striking me curiously because i'm like isn't that i mean not only from the tv show supernatural but also like the book of enoch if, if i'm not mistaken right yeah yeah sorry i forgot i had to answer that <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah no you're absolutely right in fact uh continue your story i'm gonna grab my book and start looking for it yeah so i just i don't know it was it was a weird thing i mean do i think that the one of the oldest demons of all time was hanging out in my one story or one bedroom apartment in las vegas i not necessarily but i think it's interesting that there is uh that people are making connections to that demon in particular just through uh like use of a ouija board stuff like that so i don't know like i and again i don't know anything man like every time i think i understand something my mind is blown like the following week because someone presents something else that there's a possibility and it's hard to keep up at some point, you know? Yeah. So the, here, I got the list of, uh, these fallen angels in, uh, in, um, what's this book called? Enoch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm spacing here. I'm spacing. Uh, and, uh, I'm not going to go reading through it all and stuff, but uh, if you want um, chapter eight, it says, and Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and make known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of anatomy and the beautifying of eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring. Don't know what that word is, but uh, the fact is, Azazel is the reason why women look so beautiful. That's true. So, so shout out Azazel, but also, how dare you? The the art of the eyelids. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a YouTube channel somewhere. I'm sure you can find it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh man. Yeah, but no, that's that's a very interesting point. And when you said that name, I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I've I've heard that before. So uh, there's that, man. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. So and again, again, I don't like wholeheartedly believe that Azazel was hanging out in my apartment bachelor style. But I mean, is it a possibility? Sure. Because literally everything else is. So I have to throw it out there. Uh, I mean, listen, if you had a Zazel hanging out in your apartment, I think you'd have some some pretty gnarly stories, you know, yeah. like, like he, he wasn't a nice dude, you know, so like, yeah, he'd be like doing my makeup and stuff. But, yeah. oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Looking fly. Yeah. I mean, it, it dude, I'm telling you, man, like it, it, he's mentioned a lot in this book and uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to. I mean, any of the characters, bro, like I, I'll pass, you know, I, I heard a story <laughs> years ago about, um, a guy who, uh, he, he was put in a mental institution cause they thought he was crazy, but he was talking about how he was hearing these, these conversations of these, uh, I forget, I forget how he said, it. I think he, he called it. I think he said that they called themselves the fallen ones and, uh, they were talking in like these, like different language and stuff back and forth. And they're referencing like the uh, the Ark, uh, Noah, Noah's Ark, 
and they were talking about things that happened in the pre-Diluvian era. And I, I, I really wish I could have had this guy on the show. Uh, it just wasn't possible. And uh, but I don't think he was crazy. And he didn't think he was crazy either. But I don't <laughs> think he was crazy because he was saying things that because like, he was he was like, you know, relaying this story. And he's like, you know, you ever hear such a thing? And the person who was telling me the story, it was like, yeah, I heard of that before. <laughs> you know? And it's like the guy had no idea what he was talking about, but he was spitting game that people are like, uh, there's only one way that you could possibly know what you're talking about. If you know, if, if you never studied this stuff and it's, it's because whatever it is has been there. And his, his part of his story was um, like, he was being stopped, like not stalked. I don't want to say, I guess haunted. Um, but at yeah. one point, like he was literally picked up by his neck and slammed against the wall. And, uh, and like, you know, theoretically nothing was there, but something did it to him. So interesting. Yeah. Stuff, try though. convincing him that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got the scars to prove it. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's uh there's a lot of stuff out there. Like anytime that people hear stuff that is historically accurate or lines up with something that they had no idea existed. I'm, I instantly I'm like, how can you not believe in the paranormal? How can you not believe in the crazy stuff that happens when there's stories like this floating around out there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just like recently my dad was talking to me about writing a book and I don't want to talk about what the topics are going to be and stuff. If I even do it, I, I told him, I said, I'm not a writer, man. And he's like, you should do it. But, uh, and it, it, what I'm about to say isn't anything to do with the book, but I, I, well, the concept, um, that things kind of blur together and, and they, they cross over. And I, I, I just don't think it's as easy as I believe this. So this is true or mm -hmm. this is true. So I have to believe this. I, I think it's, a, I think that there's a lot more complexity to these things. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to go too deep on it because, I'm going to save it for the book. Buy my book. When's it, <laughs> when's it being released? Uh, I don't know, about 10, 15 years. <laughs> well, hey, while you're on the topic, why don't you tell us a little? No. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and dive into those chapters real quick, Tony. <laughs> no one's listening. It's fine. Yeah, I, I have I have no idea how to write a book, but my dad's like telling me, he was talking to me about it this past Sunday, and he's like, you should really write a book about this. And I'm like, I don't know. So <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. It is, but if you do it piece by piece over time, I think I, I don't know. I'm I'm on board with your dad. I'm game. Do it's, it. It's probably not going to happen. So it'll happen. There's a reason why I talk <laughs> and not write. It's easier to talk. True. So talk to me about Alaska, man. Let's jump into Alaska. What has happened in Alaska? Um, yeah, both of these are kind of the, the the Alaska stories are relatively short, and both of them are when I'm like next to my wife, who's sleeping. Um, when we lived in Eagle River, we recently moved up to Wasilla, got a house. And so we're about 30 minutes away from that old house. But in the old house, we were, yeah. Yeah, I remember, okay, I woke up to the voice saying, to, or to hearing a voice say, is that them? And so I always face the wall when I fall asleep because, you know, when you see enough stuff in your life, you're like, ha I can't see you if I'm facing the wall. And so I woke up facing the wall and I hear something say, is that them? And that piques my curiosity. Obviously I kind of like do like a half roll and like turn around and look. And there's this, you know, cloaked kind of shadow person standing next to our bed. 
And as I'm staring at it and, you know, spoiler alert, I didn't jump up and fight the thing that was kind of moving in on my wife. I know I should have, sorry world. But uh, when you see something like that in the flesh, you kind of freeze up a bit, but it starts kind of like leaning closer to my wife, like with its finger extended, like it's going to like touch her on the head. And as soon as it gets close to her head and its fingers like right next to her forehead, he just kind of dissipates and he disappears. And that was the end of it. And it, but I, I tell people he disappeared in the, like, it's hard for me to explain. It wasn't just like a fade out or something like that. It looked like if you were to take a match to a piece of paper and you watch the flame kind of eat away that piece of paper, that's how it disappeared. Like almost like it burned out of existence or something like that slowly and silently. But so, yeah, that was one, one event in Eagle river. And then um, out here recently, probably just a handful of weeks ago, I woke up and, um, and I was just kind of like wiping sleep from my eyes again. And I'm like looking at my wife and she's asleep facing me, but directly behind her shoulder, um, to the right is another face. And it's just kind of looking at me and it's a creepy looking face and it's not a nice looking face. And I remember thinking back on the instance that I had in Eagle river. And I was like, I didn't do anything that happened so what i should do is i should punch this thing in the face and but i also remember thinking well you can't punch it if you swing you're probably gonna hit your wife square in the face and she's not gonna appreciate that uh no one's gonna believe that it was an accident (laughs) all kinds of fun stuff and so i remember like having this weird debate with myself in my head as i'm staring at this creepy looking face behind my wife and i i guess i landed on the option of like slowly moving my backhand towards her face. Like I was just going to see if I could touch it. And so I just kind of like slowly moved the back of my hand towards this evil creature looking face thing. And I remember swatting it with my, my fingers backhanded style weird choice. I know, but I just didn't want to punch my wife in the face. And as soon as, as soon as I flicked my fingers, wouldn't you know it, I ended up flicking my wife in the face and and so she wakes up and i'm like oh my goodness i'm so sorry that was i was like i saw something and i was trying to get rid of it but apparently i just hit you instead and as soon as i made contact with her like the thing kind of like morphed into her like it morphed back into her like the face moved into her i don't know how to explain it it sounds weird Wait, when you try on, to like, hold on, hold on. Are, are you saying like there you so you were looking at a face separate from your body and then it moved it's th- this face moved into your wife yeah, like the two of them merged together. Is your what like? Does that not freak you out, bro? I mean, you know, it it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I don't know because because I don't know how to explain it. Like, what if that was just a hallucination? What if that one was just weird? You know, and maybe that's me taking the easy way out and being like, oh, that one wasn't real, right? But but yeah, at at the same time, did you tell your wife about this? Did you tell her exactly what you just told me? Yeah. What she said, man, like, like I, well, my wife woke me up and then she told me a face, a, a creepy face merged into my body. I'd be like, wait a second, am I possessed? Like, what, what's going on? Here? <laughs> like, sorry, baby, you're a demon. <laughs> we got to end this. I can't do it. No. Um, well, she doesn't usually like me telling her the stuff that I see because she gets freaked out easily. But I felt obligated to tell her the two that I saw with her. I'm like, yeah, I have to. What am I, a monster? And and so I told her both of those and she was oddly unfazed by them. Like she of, of course wasn't like, Oh, yippee, you know, but 
but she was, you know, she didn't react the way I would assume that she would react to hearing that there was weird demons hanging around her trying to poke her in the face or, or whatever. So, you know, kudos to her. She, she's a strong lady. So, so shout out to China, not the country, my wife. Much better than the country. So <laughs> agreed. <laughs> oh man, Scott, man, that's interesting. That's really interesting. And, uh, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes because I think I'd be freaked out to go to sleep every night knowing that that happened to me, to me, my wife. And that just happened not too long ago. Yeah. A few weeks. I, can I, can I share one more weird, like I told you off the air that I have cat stories. Oh yeah. 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 So, So this is the, the most, this is the one cat story and it involves my brother, um, in Vegas when we lived together. There was, um, have you ever heard of the documentary, The Nightmare? No. You should check it out. It's not only my childhood, but also it's, uh, it's just about like sleep paralysis and these people telling their stories of stuff that they saw when they were growing up and all this. And so when I watched that, it literally scared the crap out of me. Like it's really well done, but I sent it to my entire family as just a, Hey, you guys should probably check this out. So you know what my childhood was like. And, um, I watched it with my brother in, in our Vegas apartment. And, and I remember him being freaked out by it, you know, and afterwards we went to bed. I went to my, my room with my cat and he went to his room and, you know, I'm watching TV in my room and about, you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes later, my cat is, who was laying on my bed, just kind of stands up, jumps off the bed and then like kind of looks below the door, like where the crevice is. And just starts growling. And I'm looking at her like, hey, uh, JC, definitely not the time. Um, let's not do that. Everything's fine. And but she wouldn't, she wouldn't be budged. Like she literally just sat there growling at the door for like a solid minute and a half and then just stopped, jumped back up on the bed. I'm like, huh, weird. And so, like five minutes later, my brother comes and like, or I there's a knock at the door, I should say. Uh, spoiler alert, it was my brother, but I open the door and he's like, Hey, do you mind if I like hang out in here with you for uh, a couple minutes? I'm like, yeah, dude, is everything okay? And he proceeds to tell me that he saw my cat in his room, like four times the size that she actually is, but that she, you know, and I'll keep this clean. The story itself is relatively strange and bizarre, but, um, for the sake of the story, let me just say she jumped up on his chest and he was having sleep paralysis and he couldn't move, obviously. And my cat was trying to seduce him. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously he's, he's panicky, right. As anyone would be, I hope. Um, and so he's just like explaining this to me. And I'm like, wait, you know, walk it through one more time for me. I I'm not a hundred percent understanding this. And he's like, yeah, your cat was trying to, you know, I'm like, Okay. Odd. And it got to the point like where eventually she just left, but it was during that same period where my cat was literally growling at my door that he was experiencing this. And so I'll say it a hundred million times. Cats are crazy protectors. And that's why I love cats so much. Cats over dogs all day long, bro. That's That's a weird story. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, I, I mean, I've heard of Incubus, Succubus, and all that. I've never heard of any of them coming to somebody in the middle of the night in the form of a cat. That's yeah, weird. I bro. mean, that's yeah. weird. 
weird that they thought it would work too. Like, oh, this will get them. What's that say about my brother? Yeah. <laughs> and they know something you don't know, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, on that note, Scott, <laughs> tell me, uh, tell the audience again where they can get your podcast. Uh, yeah, it's the Freaky Deaky. You can find it uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere podcasts are. Social medias are at Freaky Deaky Pod, uh, the Freaky Deaky Podcast on Facebook. And we just launched a website, thefreakydeaky.com. Um, again, if if you're easily triggered by you know swearing or people having different opinions than you, probably not the show for you. But at the end of the day, we're just having a good time and we enjoy the stories that we read. And it's a good good way to, you know, talk a lot, which we all love to do. So and also the beard company, bro. Listen. Listen, <laughs> I want you to tell people, give them something, man. What what do you got working right now in the uh, in the lab? Because I know you got some concoctions going, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a ton that's actually launching next week. So I don't know. I don't know in the airspace when this is releasing. But if you're hearing this, odds are it had just released. So, yeah, swing on by, you know, catch something up. And actually, I, I should say that I've been getting a lot of requests for not only restocks of the confessionals oils that are out of um, out of stock at the moment. The issue with that is suppliers like the whole covid thing. It's hard for me to find certain supplies. And then when I do find them, they take forever to get to Alaska. Wouldn't you believe it? But not only am I going to be restocking a few, I think Yeti and um, what's the other one? South Dogman. Um, I'm going to restock those, but I'm also, I want to work on a couple new ones and we kind of talked about it a couple weeks ago, but, but yeah, so, so stuff's in the works and there'll definitely be a couple new scents coming out just for the confessional series and all that fun stuff. But, you know, Tony, you're obviously going to be the first one to get them. I have to send them to you. You can tell me not to, yeah. but I have to do it. It's, it's a no, OCD listen. type of thing. <laughs> okay. No, you, you keep them coming, man, because freeze for me. I like, uh, I like getting the beard oils in the mail. Um, yeah, during the Christmas time, we came out with Krampus. Is that a seasonal thing? It is, yeah. I do have some labels left over, though. So I might at some point... I do... Um, on the Instagram, I do like throwbacks every once in a while. And so throughout the year, I'll just pick old oils that are kind of out of stock. And I'll just kind of reintroduce them. Like, hey, you get it for 10 bucks right here for like the 24 hours of Thursday only. So uh, I might do that with Krampus. Or I might just honestly bring it back full time for whatever's left as far as labels go, like the oils, probably not do the bombs and the, the wax melts again, because I'm pretty sure I ran out of those, but the oils might be back for sure. Yeah, man. Listen, my favorite scent you made so far was the UFO scent. That was my favorite by far. And like, yeah, I'm right there with you. When I, when I smelled the Sasquatch, I was like, Oh, it's amazing. Right. And then I, I smelled the dog, man. I was like, that's my favorite. Yeah. And then, <laughs> And every single one you come out with, bro, like, it's like, oh, that's my favorite. But seriously, UFO, that's my favorite. Like that, it just smells so smooth, bro. I love it. Anyways, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show, talking about some of your stories. And uh, everybody should definitely go check out the Freaky Dicky podcast and uh, leave them a five-star rating review on iTunes. Give them some love. Please do. Please, that especially. Uh, can I mention just the, the one star we got? I want to call this dude out. Uh, <laughs> Look, okay, someone someone said that we have a far left political agenda. 
And that's just the furthest thing from the truth. So I, I have no idea where that came from or why, but I don't think they listen to our podcast, bro. That's why you got to stop reading the reviews like that, man. Like, like you, people put stuff up there and they don't like, there, there's no way you can delete it. There's no way you can report it. There's none of that, mm-hmm. you know? And so people who just hate you, they can put that up there and there's nothing you can do about it. So why would you subject yourself to the mental anguish of knowing that somebody said something crazy about you that's not true and there's nothing you can do about it? Like, don't, don't even, like, don't even bother. <laughs> like, don't waste your time with it. Like, just when you get emails from people that love on you, love on them back. When you get comments from people that love on you, love on them back. But don't subject yourself to the randomness of the iTunes one star reviews. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably that's some probably the best advice we've ever heard. So, yeah, I will try yeah. to take to that. But I'm also a glutton for punishment. So we'll find out, you know. Yeah, that's why you call yourself a freaking <laughs> podcast. You're a bunch of freaks over there. All right. That's man. true. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, Tony. today we got Bo on the show how you doing Bo doing good Tony how you doing buddy man I'm doing good so Bo you are the host of the bump podcast man tell us about it well um the bump podcast bump stands for the believers of the unexplained monsters and paranormal um it was the name of my little ghost hunting group I had when I was in the air force and I just you know I like the name so I brought it over with me when I started to do this podcast um I got started due to the uh, the whole COVID shutdown thing. I'm a teacher and I was working from home. I love podcasts. I listened to your show for years. I've listened to Wes's show. And uh, I just thought I'd take a swing at it myself because I had extra downtime. And it's kind of just grown a little, you know, as, as times went on. That's awesome, man. Yeah, a lot of people started podcasting during the COVID shutdown, at least the first one. Uh, I remember during that shutdown, I was building the studio. And, uh, you know, with building the studio, I I upgraded the microphone. Well, I had this microphone I'm using now, but I wanted to get a matching one in here so that when I have my dad or guest in here, it's the same microphone. And so I go to the audio store and I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a Shure SM7B. And they said, we don't got any. What do you mean you don't got any? They're like, we're fresh out. Why? 
because everybody everybody's starting podcasts. So I was like, well, I'm a, I'm actually a podcaster. I need the microphone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, I, I told him, I said, you know, you you understand in a year from now, those people are going to touch their microphones maybe twice and they're going to wind up selling them for half the price on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm going to make out like a bandit. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy them all up and, <laughs> and just hold on to them for the next shutdown. And I'll, I'll pedal them out to people who are trying to start podcasts again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh but yeah i mean it, it's something that a lot of people started doing with the whole podcasting thing and uh i think podcasting went from 700 yeah there was about seven hundred thousand podcasts worldwide before the shutdown and about a month later there's eight hundred thousand. so that means about a hundred thousand people started podcasting and uh yep. you know yeah. It makes sense, though. I mean, there's a lot of people who listen to podcasts, and they all of a sudden have all this newfound time, and they listen to podcasts, and they're like, "Well, you know what? Let me get let me give this a shot and see how it works out." And uh, it, it it's it's actually encouraging for me because I, I like seeing the industry grow. Obviously, I mean, uh, the more the industry grows, means more people are listening to podcasts, which means more people can come and find my podcast. So uh, it's a win win win. So <laughs> uh, yeah, there's room for everybody. Yeah, that's right. yeah. I mean, there's what. 7 billion people on the earth. Like, you know, there's plenty of people to share. So, <laughs> but, uh, so you have paranormal experiences you went through anything from a haunted house you grew up in to seeing UFO possible Sasquatch. You mentioned you're a paranormal investigator. Uh, we're going to start off chronological though, as in your, in your childhood, the house you grew up in and, uh, go ahead and feel free to share some stories that you guys went through in that house. But let's just start off with the craziest thing you're going to say on the show today. Uh, Talking cat, bro. What are we talking about yeah. with the talking cat? <laughs> All right, man. Uh, yeah, the talking cat. This is the one that I was holding off until I got on your show, Tony. It, this one's just for you because I don't know. I don't think uh, I could have talked about it on Sasquatch Chronicles or anything like that. Um, haunted House. Okay. I grew up in the 80s and we were pretty much poor as dirt. So we were allowed to live in this house that was that belonged to a family friend. Um, it was about a hundred years old already at the time. It was a big two story stone house. And, uh, you know, story goes, several people had died in the home. It was an old house. Um, we would have things go on just like the rocking chair start rocking on its own. Or I would lay down to go to bed at night and my tape player would start, start playing. You know, I'd, I'd get up to turn it off and before I could touch it, it would stop playing and it would do me like that two or three times back and forth. You know, every time I laid down, it would start, get back up, it would stop, you know, just things that wouldn't hurt anybody, but you definitely know that you're not alone, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> time goes on around 91, 92, we're moving out of the house, you know, um, we got a place to go to mom remarries, all that kind of good stuff. And we're leaving. We're packing up everything. And I've had this cat for years. Um, the whole time we had this cat, he would jump up on this old buffet that we had in front of the window. And he would look out the window and, you know, cats make weird noises. You know, he kind of would moan or whatever. And he would, it would sound like he was saying, oh, no, you know, but like a cat, just a long drawn out, oh, no, kind of noise. Um Odd, but, you know, whatever. He's a weird cat. Well, I would go to my dad's house for the weekend. And while I'm gone, my mom was home alone. And she said the cat would walk through the house 
And instead of saying, oh, no, she thought, <laughs> this is so weird, man. But it sounded like the cat was saying, where's Bo? <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it's a cat making weird noises. Oh, no. And where's Bo? Kind of similar. Okay. But mom swore that that happened every time I would go away. Well, we're getting closer time for us to move out. And I'm trying to make sure the cat with me. And I, I find the cat outside. I pick him up and I bring him in the house. And Tony, I promise you, man, I brought the cat in the side, inside the house. And the cat straight up just said, put me down. There, There's nobody else around me. It was just put me down. So I dropped the cat and I, you know, took off running, went up to my mom and she's just like, oh, it's okay. You know, my mom's open to everything under the sun. You know, she's like, whatever, no big deal. And, you know, that was the only time he said anything that different than that O sound, you know, but we go to move and this is a just a big, lazy cat, just like any other tabby. Um, but we go to move and I pick the cat up. We're all outside. We're getting into the car and he flips out. Like I'm talking like scratching, clawing, flipping out of my hands. Uh, I was 11 year old boy. You know, I grab a hold of his legs, try to hold him. And he's just like doing flips. Like he don't care if I hurt him. He's getting away from me all of a sudden. And he wouldn't leave that house. You know, he wouldn't leave the property. And for about two years, you know, we would pass the house and he would still be sitting outside that house. Nobody else moved in and he would just refuse to leave. So I don't know if something attached to that cat or something was speaking through it. I know as crazy as that sounds, we went straight into weird, but uh, I don't know, man. That, that's my, How my talking you? cat. Word. I was I was about 11 years old at the time when, when we moved out. So... Were you on drugs at 11? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would, it, it would be believable. <laughs> but no, man. Uh, that was a good boy. I was a good kid. That's good. Uh, it's just a wild cat. I don't understand. Um, we found him as a stray, but that stuff started happening when he was, you know, we had him for two or three years in the house. So he, he was a house cat the entire time you had him. And then you go to move and he basically runs away and doesn't want anything to do with you. Yeah, yeah, he he would not leave that property. And you found him on the property? No, I found him actually in a, a state park. He had been dropped off. That's weird, man. That's weird. Like I, I've yeah. heard, I've heard, uh, I've seen like those videos of dogs that like are crying, and it sounds like they're saying, "I love some," you know, "I love whatever." And yeah, and so uh, when you're tell, did you actually see its mouth move? He. It sounds dumb too, but he always looked away. He would look out the window and just repeat, oh no. And it sounded like perfect English. It didn't sound like, you know, a dog warbling or whatever. It, it was just, oh no, oh no. And when I was carrying him and he said, put me down, I no, I wasn't looking at his mouth. <laughs> I was looking at the back of his head and then I, you know, I was just running. It freaked me out. Well, yeah, it would freak me out too. Uh, that's not supposed to happen. So. <laughs> no, it's not. 
No. I think the only t- the talking cat I've I've ever seen was Sabrina the Witch or whatever that that uh, show back in the day, you know, with her her cat that talked. Um, that's yeah. that's really interesting. Now, is this the property that you had that was the haunted house? Yeah, yeah, it was all on that same property, the house that we were, you know, they let us live in for a while. Um, I never heard any any voices inside the home. Um, and like I say, it was just real innocent kind of activity you know the rocking chairs the tape players um had some recurring dreams of somebody you know some white figure staring through the doors and stuff but you know half of that you could just chalk up to imagination um but yeah the the talking cat was definitely the first and only time i've had that happen in my 40 years man Hopefully it's the last man. Did your mom hear it too? Like she heard this cat talking. I mean, yeah, she did because she told you that it was asking for you. Yeah. Yeah. She'd say it every time I'd leave, it would say, where's Bo? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know it, it takes all credibility away from anything else I have to say, man. <laughs> but well, that's why that's I started. <laughs> that's why I, <laughs> that's why we started off right there to tear it down. And now we're going to rebuild the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check out this guy's podcast. He's crazy. You know, he's an idiot. You're gonna hear you're gonna hear crazy stories over there. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, it's interesting, man. And I, I don't know, I don't know. It's really weird. And you know, I mean, do, do you do you say that the cat was possessed by something? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's very weird, though. So what else happened in that house? Uh, in that house, there wasn't much. Um, like I said, my mom was real open to anything that went on anyway. So when the rock chair would start rocking on its own. She would just talk to whoever had died in the house before. Um, there was an old lady by the name of Tech, just T E K. Um, she had she had lived there in the home, you know, back in the early 1900s or whatever. And mom just assumed it was her, so she would just start talking to her. You know, hey Tech, you want a cup of coffee? And mom would go on through the kitchen. Um, she never really freaked out about this kind of stuff, you know. She. Uh, she had a couple of Ouija board experiences when she was a kid that I guess made anything less than that. Not too bad. So. So your mom messed with the Ouija board when she was a kid? Uh, a couple of times. Um, she, she got away from it after she saw somebody's uh, or she was with somebody when they, they saw somebody sitting on the kitchen counter that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, she uh, <laughs> she dropped the Ouija board and took a hop, you know. Yeah, I would I would do the same. I would do the same. Not really interested in uh, in seeing people sitting on the counter that aren't supposed to be there. No, I stay away from Ouija boards. Yeah, yeah, me too. So uh, you move from that house. What what happens next in your life? I mean, are you moving to another haunted house, or is that kind of the 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 end of the haunted house scenario for you? Um, as far as haunted houses go, that was about it. Um, it seems like. In our area, just about anywhere you go in southern West Virginia, somebody's got a ghost story. Um, so weird stuff happens no matter where you are or, or who you're around. Um, I had a couple of little things happen down the you know down the line before I joined the military that you know kind of stood out. Um, when we moved to our new location, um, it was still in Logan County. We had uh, I'd, I'd go hunting with my stepfather and we had a, uh, we were, we were going to go squirrel hunting and we had a, a, a weird scream that we heard in the woods that at the time I had no clue what it was, but after talking to, 
people about Bigfoot and, you know, listening to hundreds and hundreds of shows about Bigfoot, I, I tend to think that that's what that was. Um, I talked about it on Wes's show, I believe, where, you know, we're going into the woods, we get right to the wood line, and you hear something scream. Um, it sounds like a grown man screaming to the top of his lungs about three or four times in a row. But in between each scream, there's this really weird sigh, like it was in pain. Um, it was just, Rah! and then, ah! and it would scream like that again. Uh, it gave me and my stepdad chills. Here we're both carrying shotguns into the woods. We stopped dead in our tracks. He asked me if I'm ready to leave. I agree, and we walk out of the woods. Um, little things like that, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just I've had weird stuff happen. All, you know, anywhere I've went, Tony. To be honest with you, um, it's hard to break it all down. And I, like I said, I, I sent you a list, and I got this list. But the more I talk, the more more things I think about. You know. Yeah, and, and feel free to share whatever. I uh, now you you at one time had a paranormal investigative group. And was that yes. something that was spawned because of your experiences as a kid or were you, were you just always fascinated by the paranormal and decided to start investigating? Well, I've always been into all things weird, you know, um, it wasn't so much like something, something triggered this and made me want to join a group or make a group. It was, uh, a lot of just fascination with, you know, what is on the other side, you know, what is the other side? Um, what's the difference between spirits and your soul or, or whatever. And so me and a few buddies that I, I worked with when I was stationed in Louisiana, we decided we would go out and just, uh, scare ourselves to death going to cemeteries, you know, haunted locations. I, I had the, you know, the electronic recorders and the night vision camera and everything. I was, I was trying to actually document things. And not a lot happened, you know, um, mostly things that could just be explained away. We were the only thing that went on, but it was definitely fun. We, uh, we had one instance in a cemetery that I went to, um, I actually had family that lived in Texas. They came over to visit and I decided I was going to take my cousins out and scare them to death. Um, so we went to the cemetery. And we had the, you know, everything set up. We're walking out there and I was, I'm talking. If anything wants to show itself, you know, you know, the usual spiel that you would get from ghost hunters or whatever. And through the camera, I see this little light kind of twinkle on and off over top of this grave. So me and my youngest cousin, you know, I take her over there with me. And it, when we get there, it was actually the headstone of a girl. Um, that had died at the age of 13 and my little cousin was 13 so that freaked her out could have been a coincidence might not have been but it made for a really good night of them staying up crying all night long so that was, that was a good time yeah I mean what do you think about that I mean as far as the light goes do you think that was some kind of spirit like an orb or something Um, personally yeah I, I'm really I'm really open to things you know and I don't think there's any kind of coincidences on this planet. So I think that maybe it was just a little nod of something 
um, maybe just a hello, you know. I, I don't put a whole lot of stock into orbs typically, but it wasn't like it floated around like a dust particle. It was like a little light flicker, you know. So that that was something cool. Yeah, I, you know, orbs is an interesting topic because uh, I've I've seen orbs. Uh, I've, a lot of people have seen orbs, you know. Uh, they've seen different lights and things like that. And for me, it's something that I, I know there. there's a lot of people that are really fascinated by the topic of orbs. Uh, it doesn't really, it really doesn't uh, scare me. Like, apparently it scares some people. Uh, and maybe it's just because it's, to me, it's just like, well, you know, it's a light. It's, it, what, what, what? what am I supposed to do about it? You know, uh, right. I don't know what it is, but you know, people see, see these orbs and these red, these, these lights and everything. And I'm, I'm assuming it didn't scare you terribly or else you wouldn't have gone over to the, the grave. Oh no, no, it, it didn't scare me or anything like that. Um, and on the topic of these orbs, um, to think kind of like a bigger scale, I think there's a lot of confusion for some people between orbs and UFOs, you know, People will see these lights in the sky and they think, oh, that's a UFO. And I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately where people seem like they can conjure UFOs to show up for them by by channeling whatever they want. You know, they, they put their intent into or whatever else. I'm I'm of the camp where I'm starting to think that they're not communicating with extraterrestrial life. You know, they're they're getting to see lights. They're getting to see something in the sky, but I don't think it's ET. You know, I'm, people have seen these fairy lights and stuff like that forever, but whatever these orbs are, it's some kind of energy that's manifested. Um, and when people talk about getting in a group and applying their intent to talk to, you know, an alien or whatever, it, it sounds a lot like conjuring something to me. Um, I think that they might be messing with some kind of magic that they don't know even or, or intend to do. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of levels to it. I mean, and it all stems from personal belief as to what you think, think certain things are. Um, Because I mean, some people believe that aliens are spiritual entities. And so if they are, then that kind of would fall in line with what you're talking about. And that's where I, I, I talk about how it's like the, categories of our conversations sometimes merge and you you start seeing and hearing similar things. Like somebody will say something that, and they're talking about Bigfoot, but then you heard them talk about somebody else talk about a very similar characteristic. And they were talking about uh, an alien or they were talking about a ghost and it's, it's, it's interesting. And uh, it all stems from people's, you know, their belief system and what they actually believe things to be as to how they view it. Uh, There's people that, there, there's people that will, uh, you know, they say they can summon UFOs or whatever. And there's a guy, let me just rewind and say it this way. Uh, there's a guy I had on the show. I can't remember what episode it was called, but I think I called the, I think they called the episode UFOs over New York City or something like that. And it, it was a while ago. His name is Jason and he practices summoning UFOs. And he says he's very successful doing it. He shot me a video one time of he's out in the street in New York City and he goes up to a random person and he points at a single cloud in the sky and he shows the cloud on video and 
the he says to that person, I'm going to make that cloud disappear. And they're like, what? <laughs> and he's like, just watch. And within 30 seconds, you literally see this cloud just dissipate into nothing. And uh, it, it was very interesting. Uh, but he, he practices not just summoning UFOs, but making things happen with telekinesis. And uh, and so, I don't know. It's it's really interesting, though. The idea of summoning UFOs or summoning spirits, uh, are they the same thing? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's, I think uh, we are stronger than what we realize. You know, our intent, um, our will... I think if we apply it, uh, we'll be amazed at what we can do. Um, and that, that kind of taps into that, you know, but yeah, you know, I tell people all the time that reality is subjective. You know, what I believe, you don't have to believe, but that doesn't make it untrue. You know what I mean? Hey, be careful so, that kind of talk will get you canceled these days. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna go down that road. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Well, tell me about this UFO that you saw. I mean, what was that like? Uh, something that was just a light in the sky, or you think it was something more very physical? Um, I believe it was pretty physical. Um, all I saw was the light. But I, I'd be more than happy to talk about this because it, it, it took everything that I believed and made me know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, you know, something is out there. It was the last day of my enlistment. I was leaving the Air Force. I was coming back home. My dad had uh, came down to Louisiana to help me pack up and move. So we're heading back home. We're out. We're outside of Louisiana. Between that and the Arkansas border, there was a little town called Arkadelphia. And I remember that because after this event, I started looking around for a marker, and there was a water tower there um, to my left, within a couple miles. That so I, I know where I was at, and I know it was around one o'clock in the morning. Um, I even got the date. So I've I've looked up things, tried to find anybody else who's had any, uh, you know, a reporting or, or a sighting at that same time and area. I haven't seen anything, but anyway, me and Dad are in his car. We're, we're coming down I-20. It's a super straight road. And out of the passenger window, I spot a white light. And it's pretty far off, but there's no mountains. Um, I never break view of it. And it's moving at a good pace. So it's it's going the same direction we're going. You know, it's running parallel to us. But it's going fast enough to where it gets in front of us. We can see it through the windshield. And once it gets into the windshield, my dad, who was driving at the time, he sees it too. And, you know, we're just talking, what do you think that is? I don't know. And this light continues to move forward until where it is dead center in front of the, in front of us in the windshield. So it's over top of I-20, I imagine, but a good pace away. And this light, Tony, it just explodes out um just fills the whole sky fills the whole windshield with this bright green light um a funky green i don't really know any other shade of green i haven't seen it before it's just a, a brilliant green light 
And then as fast as it flashed out, that light sucked back in to that dot and it was just gone. Just completely vanished. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard something like that happening before. So which, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, it was a white light at first? Yes. Okay. Just a solid white light. So a solid, a solid light, white light hovering over I-80, I-80 right in front of you. And then all of a sudden it explodes a green yes, light like out. Just, like, just a, like just burst out into a big bright flash of light. You know, there wasn't like sparks falling off kind of explosion. It was just a, it just popped green, you know, and just flashed out like the flash of a camera. But you see the light just suck back in and it's gone. Like it went into another dimension or it hit, you know, like on Spaceball, they've gone plaid, you know, (laughs) it was like that. It just kind of filled the sky and then sucked in and gone. Jeez. And the thing is, I that's what I, in the Air Force, I worked on jets. Um, I was a sheet metal guy, you know, structural maintenance. So I was around a lot of jets. I've seen a lot of afterburners. Um, I've, I've seen, you know, the trail that, you know, jets leave or whatever. I've never seen anything like that. Um, I don't know if anything we have that could do that. I had a secret security clearance. Um, I was around a lot of jets but I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And, uh, you know, neither had my dad. My dad was in the air force. He actually worked for the NSA for a while and it freaked him out when he saw it. Um, it was, it was a good time. man. It, it took away any kind of doubt or hesitation I had to talk about aliens. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to picture it in my head, what you saw and what I keep picturing is, is amazing. So I, I, I you know, I, how, it how does, was a good it's like one of those things where how does that even how's that even possible how does that work what happened what was it uh you know was it ours is it some kind of sec- secret technology that you got to witness there because if you if you look back at history you know that you know especially back in like the 80s i think it was uh there was a lot of people experiencing ufos and it literally by definition ufo on an unidentified flying object and right. the military people within the government basically caught wind that you know they're these people are seeing this stuff but it wasn't extraterrestrial it was secret military operations uh, they were working on new technologies and stuff and so uh there's like what's his name um richard dowdy he is a guy who was a disinformation specialist and he would be sent into these people's lives and he basically tell them what you're seeing is real. It's alien. Uh, it's, it's from another world and we need you to, you know, keep a wraps on it or, you know, could you send us the footage of it as you get it so we can, you know, understand it more and basically feed this lie to them that it was actually, you know, aliens and stuff when it wasn't, it was just the military working on things that they couldn't have, leaked out to russia or china so instead of having that as a possibility they fed this idea that it was aliens so that people would get caught up in this conspiratorial mindset and also from the outside looking in people who aren't into the topic which back then hardly anybody was would just think that they're crazy you know oh yeah the government's coming and talking to you about aliens sure right pal that makes a lot of (laughs) sense you know and so 
it's one of those things where uh, maybe it's some kind of technology that we have that you got to experience. And now that you have talked about it publicly, you know, they're going to come pay you a visit and tell you it was aliens. (laughs) That'd be all right. That'd be all right. You know, I've heard, I haven't heard anybody with the exact same experience, but I've heard people talk about that green light. Um, I've even heard that there is a certain squadron out there that would use the, you know, the code behind the green door. Um, handing that, you know, this green light is actually, it actually is a, like a, a window to the next dimension or another dimension. Um, I don't know if it was your show, but there was a, there was a guy that had an episode. It's it always my green show. Light. Always my show. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think it was, Tony. I think it was, uh, it's called Green Light UFO or the Green uh, Light Alien. It was episode. Maybe yeah. it was episode two thirty one of whoever's show. I didn't write down whose show it was. Okay, but episode two thirty one of somebody's show. There's a guy from Oklahoma, and he was talking about this green light uh, and a UFO. So that that stuck out to me. Um, there's something about that color. I don't know if it's just it does something with you know our spectrum what we can see, but I think there's a. I wasn't alone in seeing that weird. That weird light. The episode that I'm thinking of is called the Green Light Alien episode 158 that I did, uh, which you know, it, interestingly enough, is similar to what you were describing. Uh, <laughs> I, this guy uh, came on the show, and uh, I think his name was John. And, I, and if I remember correctly, he actually uh, saw an entity walking outside, uh, like in the grass or something. And there, it was like this green light being emitted on it. Like he could see this green light. And so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. That's weird, man. So, uh, what do you think, uh, is the, all right. So let me rewind here. You mentioned about your military experience and having this, the secret security clearance, why did you have secret security clearance? What were you doing that you had to have a secret security clearance? And you have to tell me. You can't. Well, you can't um, BS me. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, the the actual purpose of me having a secret security clearance is because I worked on a B fifty two. Um, they're the number one bomber in the history of the world, uh, and there's still some secrets about the jet. I guess that they didn't want anything getting out. Um, and I worked on a nuclear base, you know, um, where I worked at, we had nukes on base. So if you're going to be out there and you're going to be on the flight line working around these jets, then you're going to have to go through a, a check, you know, they're going to, they can't take, uh, take, can't take any chances. So it wasn't anything super mysterious. It was just, uh, national security reasons. You know, it wasn't like I wasn't privy to you know, the, the good stuff. But. Well, I, I find it interesting. Have you ever been like in the presence of a nuclear bomb? Like how close have you ever gotten to something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, one time, two times, two times. Once I actually got, called, I got called out to do a job on uh, the housing of a nuke or what they would load the nuke into. We got called out to do a job, just change out a nut plate on it. And, uh, we had to go through these different checks, you know, your lawn badge, your ID, you have guns on you. 
Uh, they verify it's you. You go down to the next block. They go through it again, and then you're escorted down to where you're going to do the job. You know, and if that's not making you nervous enough, um, when I get in there, the uh, the warhead's in the room. So they they kind of just let me know that that's it. And I get in there and I open my, my toolbox, and get into the job. And I found out that it wasn't actually a job for me. It was a job for the next door shop. And they called the wrong people in and let me get that close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, yeah, I had to turn around. We had to leave. But uh, there, there was one other time and it was a uh, it was on the news. It was a, a major, major event where uh, there was a a nuclear flat, they had, they, they probably try to cover it up. I don't know if you can find it on Google now or not, but there's two B-52 bases in the U.S. It's uh, Minot, North Dakota, and Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. And I was, I was at Barksdale. Um, we had an incident about, let me think, 12, 15 years ago, I guess, where we were doing an exercise and they flew from Minot down to Barksdale, bringing us a jet. And, uh, they had it armed with a nuke and it wasn't supposed to. And that's actually like a declaration of war. Uh, you can't, you can't fly over with an armed nuke, but they did it. And, uh, the jet come down to me, um, we had a certain hangar that we would bring jets into and they, they brought the jet to me and they told me to change the tail stripe on the jet. You know, we converted that jet immediately from a Minot jet to a Barksdale jet. I don't know if that was part of some kind of cover up. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, us just adopting the jet. They just told me to go in there and paint it. And I did. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the second time. And that F <laughs> If, you know, the UFO story don't get a knock on my door, then that probably will. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had people that get knock on, knocks on their door after they've been on the show. That's for sure. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, um, I, well, yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say this. Uh, the, this episode is going to re- release. It has to be a members only episode because of the content covered uh, has to be more of a private kind of thing. But uh episode 122 with charlie the secret military knocking technology uh yeah after that episode aired now he's in a different country like after his experiences he didn't feel safe being around here and he moved to a different country and uh he got he got a visit by our government after that episode oh, aired no. yeah and they they were qu- they, qu- they questioned him hard man they questioned him hard <laughs> But, Thanks uh, a lot, Tony. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You take the, listen, remember that non-disclosure agreement that you signed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, so he he and I uh, did an interview. Oh man, it's almost a year ago now. I've been holding on to it, and uh, he we talked about this and his experience after the show and what had happened, and you know. A lot of crazy stuff. A lot of crazy stuff happened after that episode aired. That that episode went viral. I mean, it 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 just. I mean, it went everywhere, and uh, yeah, that's probably why 
I don't think the government's particularly listening to my show, but I think it went viral and it went, it, 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 they, they found it. Like, they're like, Oh, what's this? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so, you know, some guy's daughter is listening to it on her school bus. She comes home and tells daddy who's in the <laughs> FBI or something. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> It kind of worked it's its way right. up a chain of command there. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's interesting. Uh, your dad worked for the NSA. What'd he do with them? Yeah, he, uh, he did Intel and I actually, I got him to talk about that on episode seven, six or seven of my, of my show. Me and dad sat down, had a few beers around the, the, the fire pit out back. And he told some good stories, man. Uh, he, uh, he had back then they had like a teletype machine, you know, things come out on print and he got the message that there was a, a UFO downed and where it was at and all this kind of stuff. And he got to take that report to his higher ups and, you know, they, they do the, the Hollywood crumple it up. You've never seen this. And you, Jeez. you tell a word, you know where it's coming from, that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, he, he shared a couple of those kind of stories, you know, and, uh, trying to break into a room that was labeled project. Blue Book. I, I guess you've heard of that. What? Uh, Your dad tried breaking into a room that was labeled Project Blue Book? <laughs> according to him. According to him, that's what he said. He uh, <laughs> he told me where he worked at and that there was a, it was a few doors down from his office and he stayed late and tried to... <laughs> he went into the sub flooring of the building and tried to crawl into the room. And uh, it, it's wild, man. It's, it's a good story. What, was he successful? Tony, they might have to turn into my show and uh, listen to see if he was successful. Well, I, or not. I'm, try, I'm trying to, you know, warm people up. The Bump Podcast, episode seven, right? Yeah, it's six or seven. Yeah, I think it's one of the earlier episodes, but it's it's definitely one of my favorites, man. Uh, Heck my yeah. dad comes on the show all the time and, and pitches in. He's wild. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Uh, one more question about that stuff. Your dad getting you know the message of a down ufo what year was this it was mid 70s I, he was in the air force uh from like 74 to 79 somewhere through there you know about a six-year window there so it, it was during those years uh i didn't ask specifically which which year it was that he was in that that happened wow that's really interesting uh and the the message that he got it was it, it didn't come from civilian who did it come from no it it wasn't civilian it was uh so it was higher ups yeah it's higher up that's interesting that's interesting well i'm gonna have to check that out too myself six or seven episode six or seven the bump podcast people the bump podcast check it out <laughs> that's, that's right that's interesting that's very interesting i love that kind of stuff it gets it gets my gears turning and stuff yeah me too man and you know <laughs> That room's not supposed to exist. And your dad's saying, oh, it was there. <laughs> See, that's, that's the thing. I, this, he was stationed in Maryland. And uh, I, I told him, I said, Dad, you know, because I'm always afraid he's yanking my chain, you know. I'm like, I know what years you were in. Project Blue Book was supposed to have been shut down before, you know, the time frame that you were up there. And he was like, yeah, I know. He said, that's why I was trying to get into the damn place. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, so well, I don't know. 
I mean, that's, but, uh, a, that's I'll a take very, him at his word. Yeah, I mean, it's your dad, uh, and that's a very common thing that exactly. people, you know, talk about is the fact that when these certain programs get exposed publicly and stuff, a lot of times they say, oh, that's been shut down or we're okay, we'll shut it down. But just because they say they shut something down doesn't mean they shut it down. They just rebrand right. things, you know, so they'll give it a new name, you know, a new paint job and and put it back out there. And it's the same old machine, man. Uh, that's that's what yeah. I, I tell people about the MK Ultra stuff. I mean, you know, they, yeah, they the government admitted like we have our president apologizing for it doesn't mean they stopped though it doesn't mean they stopped you know it just means <laughs> they got caught so they had to rebrand it and find a new house for it that's it you know exactly exactly especially if something's being fruitful for, the, for them so i mean if, if they're doing something that's fruitful for their uh their mission at hand uh doesn't the your knowledge of it doesn't sway them from pursuing it just they just you know they make a, a u-turn and they go a different direction with it Exactly, because, I mean, just because they announce it, we're not doing anything to even try to stop it. What we're going to do, we're going to go on Facebook and, you know. We're going to raid the Capitol, man. We're going to raid the Capitol. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, okay? Like, that's not (laughs) to be serious. (laughs) I might have to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) You never know these days. All right, man. So let's get to uh, this experience you had, or maybe multiple experiences. I know you said you you've experienced like small miracles. What are we talking about here? I mean, are they just? I mean, I I don't know. It's almost like a, when you say the phrase "small miracle," I'm like, well, uh, I'll take a small miracle over any for, over no miracle. So it doesn't seem very small yeah. to me if you experience a miracle. Yeah, it's it's kind of like. Uh unspoken prayers coming true kind of thing or spoken prayer coming through just things that you feel like God hooked you up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like those kind of miracles. Um, when I was younger, there'd be, there was like three real quick, real quick. And they, they might seem like not even worth mentioning kind of stuff, but like I was, trying to make it in life before I joined the military after high school, you know, I had a couple of years where I was just trying to get out there and make it in the real world and absolutely poor trying to work. I didn't have enough gas to make it to work. Like my gas hand was in the red, deep in the E and I'm sitting there and I pray while I was, you know, stuck in traffic. I prayed to God to just, let me have enough gas to get to the station, you know, the gas station. And Tony, I watched the gas hand come up, you know, and I had enough to sit through a couple of red lights and get to the gas station. Uh, it's just something small like that. I call that a little miracle. Um, there's one that completely inexplicable. Uh, again, I was in Louisiana. I was having an argument with my ex. Um, over finances. You know, we were both in the military trying to make ends meet. Like shouting match in the vehicle, driving down the road. It was on Barksdale Boulevard. If anybody lives around there, around Shreveport, they know where I'm talking about going down the road and a, (laughs) it sounds weird, man, but a ball of money 
manifested in front of my windshield and smacked my car. Um, I pull off the road and I'm literally picking up fives and tens and twenties off the side of the street. Um, it wasn't a huge amount of money. You know, it was like 70 or 80 bucks altogether, I guess that I, that I picked up because other cars pulled off too. Um, you, you see dollar bills floating through the sky. So as soon as it hit, I was like, what in the hell, you know, but it's just like something like that. And it was enough to get me by until payday. It's just a, a small miracle. Um, there was a, a time where I say I, I had a possible angel encounter where I was between West Virginia and Tennessee. And it was back in the 90s. So you're trying to read a road map and I got lost. And I pulled off the road and I had a, a big 89 Ford Taurus back then, a big, ugly maroon car. And I pulled out a map and I laid it down on my lap and I'm trying to read it. And this car with his older man pulls up to me with his window down and immediately asked me if I was lost. He couldn't see the map. I had only been there for a couple of minutes. He just, he just pulled into the parking lot of this gas station and he asked me if I was lost. And I said, yes. And uh, he asked me where I was trying to get to. And I told him and he told me to follow him. And now I had just gotten dedicated to church. You know, I had my Bible sitting in the, in the back window of my car. You know, I was, you know, trying to walk a good Christian life. And he told me, he looked, looked at the car when he pulled up. He said, that book that you have in the back window needs to be up front with you. And I, you know, I nodded my head and, you know, reached back and grabbed the, grabbed the Bible, put it up front. And he, he told me to follow him. So we go through this little, you know, little two lane road and it kind of expands to where there's an off ramp and he gets into that, that right lane when it expanded and I slowed down and rolled my window down to thanking. And he didn't, you know, he nodded at me and I, I, I yelled across to him. We were only going like 35, 40 miles an hour. I said, how did you know I was lost? And he pointed up and he said, I, I, I listened to him. And then he pulls off the off ramp. And I'm on the road to the house. Could it have been just a, a really nice stranger that had some intuition? Yeah, maybe. But it's just the way things went and the way, you know, the way it makes you feel when something happens. You know what I mean? You get that otherworldly kind of feeling wash over you. Um, I consider that kind of like a, uh, yeah. maybe a, a visit, you know? Yeah. I, and I've had similar experiences like that as well, where, you know, somebody just interjects in a situation that, you know, it's almost impossible for them to understand what was going on and kind of come through and really just help you out big time. Uh, yeah, man. Like, you know, my life was, and, and my wife, and I think there's two or three other girls, our lives were spared uh, because somebody showed up just randomly and seemed to understand the situation that we were in. And, um, I, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, you know, you mentioned about the, 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 the wad of money hitting the windshield and everybody started pulling over, you know, you know what that, that made me think of the Batman movie with Jack Nicholson when he's throwing money out to the people and stuff. <laughs> 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 like, 
like I almost wanted to play the song that, that they were dancing to and stuff. <laughs> but uh, well, the Joker was nowhere in sight. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, and it all depends on which Joker you're getting. He's either throwing money out to the people or he's stacking it up and burning it. <laughs> so, right. But uh, yeah, Bo, man, listen, it's been a pleasure talking to you and having some of these stories and. Uh, you kind of threw me a curveball with your your secret security clearance. Uh, my ears perked up on that. I was like, oh, I got to dig on this and see how far I can get to talk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if he's going to talk, but we got to see what we can do here. Um, but yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, you know, people that are listening should definitely check out the Bump Podcast and, uh, you know, go through the episodes and look for uh, certain ones that you like. Uh, definitely check out the episode with, you know, Poe's dad talking about the uh, his experiences and stuff because that's that sounds real intriguing, and uh, I'm I'm gonna be definitely checking that out, man. Hey, thanks, Tony. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I got something for everybody on that show. We got Bigfoot, uh, UFOs, uh, alien abductions. If they if people watch Netflix, uh, the the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries, I got uh, Tom Reed, Melanie Kirchdorfer, and Tom uh, Tom Warner. I got all of them on the show talking about their abduction experiences and stuff like that. Uh, I've had a lot of good shows, a lot of good guests. So I hope everybody comes and checks it out. And I appreciate you for letting me have this platform to, to share my show. Today we got Oscar on the show. Oscar, how you doing, man? I am doing good. How about yourself, Tony? Ah, uh, man, I'm doing good. Thanks for hanging in there with me. My son uh, came down and in- interrupted the beginning, and I had to go take care of him, put him back to bed. So, <laughs> uh, you know, no kid worries. stuff. It's that kid stuff, man. Uh, so, Oscar, you emailed the show, and you uh, have these uh, this shadow. The shadow man that it's like an evolving story for you where it kind of starts off in your childhood and then kind of follows you periodically throughout your life, getting worse and worse as time goes on. So um, traditionally, the way we do do it on the show is we start from the earliest and work our way through it so that the audience and myself can hear the progression of things and maybe help to uh, help us to kind of understand what you're feeling with all this stuff. So uh, I know you mentioned there was a pretty dramatic thing that happened to you as a kid and stuff that might have launched this off. So feel free to take it off from wherever you want to start, man. Yeah. Um, so when I was about seven, uh, my dad had passed away in a car accident and that was a really like hard time, especially because it was just me and my brother and my mom. So 
I kind of had to step up and, you know, be the man of the house type of thing, quote unquote. Uh, but then I, I got to a point where I was just um, begging, kind of like, just let me let me see my dad one more time. And then I at, at one point because I was begging to God, and then at one point I just said, anything, anything there if I can just see my dad one more time. I would love it. And then I started to see, like by the following year, I started to see a shadow person, like kind of in the distance, like as far end of a room. And I was putting that in my head as in, all right, the God or something is letting me see my dad again. And I just kind of accepted it at that point. But then I started seeing the shadow creature get closer and closer. And then it turned into a sleep paralysis thing. And I would hear something walking towards my bed. And as soon as I would open my eyes, there was a shadow standing over me. And then I would completely freeze. Couldn't move. Couldn't yell. I was trying to yell for my mom. Didn't do any of that. Even my brother was, we shared a room at the time. And he was knocked out asleep. And I was trying to get his attention. And when the first time when that happened, it really freaked me out. I woke up kind of gasping for air. I just sat at the edge of the bed and turned on the TV with just static on it. Just so I had a light on in the room. And I didn't tell anybody about it at that time. Um, and then it just would happen every couple of months. The shadow would come back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to move. And then when I hit about 13, is when things kind of changed and it would come by every year, but it was now like saying something, but I couldn't really make out what it was saying to me. It was just a really quick whisper. And I, I tried to figure out what this shadow being was saying, but I could never make it out. Um, and that's when it got scarier. I could now feel the room get heavy. And also this static noise. Like, I don't know if it's like the sound of static or just the sound of silence. It starts to become overwhelming and then the room feels heavy. And then that's how I know that this shadow being is going to be in the room and I'm going to slip into sleep paralysis again. And I ended up being so scared. I think around like 13 and 14, I was just like, mom, can I go and sleep with you? And as a, you know, a 13 or 14 year old, you don't want to be sleeping in your mom's room because you're, you're afraid of the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I tried toughing it out. I would even go so far as to leave a recorder on in my room to see if I can actually hear something. Uh, and I left a recorder in my room as I slept and 
I even put paper along the floor between mine and my brother's bed. And you can't hear any talking. You can't hear me struggling, but you can hear some, what sounds like somebody walking on the papers in the room, which was extremely creepy. Uh, and then I started to kind of um, like make myself believe this wasn't anything like paranormal. So I started studying sleep paralysis and what causes it and how to prevent it from happening. So I learned that stress causes sleep paralysis and so I tried to reduce my stress levels. Um, sleeping on your back causes it. So I started sleeping on my side, which sucks because I was always more comfortable laying on my back. Uh, and then that seemed to work for the time being, but then every so often it was just this random event that would happen. I would wake up in the middle of the night to a heavy feeling and hearing that sound of silence and I could hear this thing walking over me and it wasn't your normal shadow man it wasn't the hat man the guy with the trench coat and the hat it was kind of this lanky shadow creature that was about as tall as the room um, and it would kind of hold me down it wouldn't just be that I was frozen I was being held down while I couldn't breathe, talk, anything. But I, was always, I would always feel that pressure on my shoulders of it holding me down. Um, and then for a while, we went from California to Arizona, then back to California. Um, most of... The incidents happened only in California, which was weird. I think I only had one sleep paralysis episode in Arizona, and I was there for a couple of years. Um, but then back in California, I'm out of high school at this time. And sleep paralysis comes back. And it's now just getting a lot weirder um i can now almost make out a face of what this thing looks like and it just kind of looks like a like a goblin i don't even know how to describe it and that's what starts to scare me is now i feel like as the years go on it went from just a shadow in the corner to getting closer and closer to the bed to actually hearing it hearing it speak, um, hearing footsteps, and now being able to almost make out this thing's face. And I remember being home one day, and this was during the day, I wasn't asleep or anything. And I thought to myself, I wonder, I wonder if me begging for anything to like give me a glimpse of my dad um, kind of just called in something negative. And I can't believe it took me that long to kind of piece those things together. But 
then I did something else stupid. I started looking up demonic names and things like that. And saying these names and asking, is this one you? Is this you? Are you the one messing with me? And when I asked one name, uh, I don't remember what it was. I probably wouldn't even want to say it if I remembered it. Uh, but I asked a name and then I started to hear music um, in another room, which was weird because I was home alone. Oddly enough, I decided to stay home from, from church and start saying demonic names alone in the house. Very smart. Uh, and I hear this music. Go check that room. There's nobody in there. The music stops as soon as I open the door. Um, I walked past a mirror and I looked at myself and another weird thing happened. I said, um, you handle it well for no reason. I told myself in the mirror, you handle it well. And I went back downstairs and I had been recording audio at the, that time. And I was listening back. And after I said that name, you can hear a growl. And that's when the music started. And I walked past the mirror and talked to myself. And that's when I, it all clicked in my head. Okay. This is something evil. No bueno. Uh, and I got better at, you know, um, praying regularly and building a better relationship with God. And it started to slow everything down, which was awesome. And then comes a time a couple of years later where uh, I met a girl online, um, moved to New York with her, hated it there. So we decided to come out here to Colorado. And by that time I had fallen off a spiritual path again. And it's a stressful time. We're moving into this whole new area. Um, and I remember falling, her falling asleep in the bed in one of the other rooms. And I'm on the couch just kind of watching TV. And then I see her get up. I hear the door open. I see her walk through the hall and then just turn around and walk back into the room. And I got up really quick to check if she was okay. And I wasn't even like a second behind her. And I opened the door following her back into the room and she's knocked out asleep in the bed. And I just kind of, brushed it off like okay she was sleepwalking and just went to bed really fast and then i decide to go and sit back down on the couch i'm starting to fall asleep lay on the couch and i'm looking at my phone and i start hearing footsteps kind of stomping towards me and i thought that's her walking walking out and coming towards me so i put my phone down really quick and there it is, this lanky, tall shadow heading straight towards me. And as soon as I lay eyes on it, I'm frozen and I can't move. 
and I'm trying to yell for my girlfriend. Her name is Katie. I'm trying to yell for Katie and uh, I can't try to move. I can't. I tried doing the little tips they give you when you're in sleep paralysis, like try to wiggle a finger, try to wiggle a toe. None of that was working. And my heart's pounding and I decide to just kind of, you know, say a prayer thing. Please help me, God. I like, this is something different I've never experienced. It's never, it's never taking the shape of somebody before. It was weird. Now it's, now it's a doppelganger, which is had me more confused and what's going on. And then I, I just remember just snapping out of it and just breathing really hard, trying to catch my breath and taking a big drink of water, trying to calm myself down, asking like, what, what the heck is this thing? Why did it come back? And I haven't had very much sleep paralysis lately. I can kind of feel when it's coming on and out. I'll just say a prayer to myself um, and stop it from happening. Once I start hearing the sound of nothing, I say a prayer and it stops it before it happens now. And I think doing that and just strengthening my faith even more being here has really helped. But every once in a while, there are weird things will happen. We have a cat, so randomly you'll hear one of his toys roll across the ground and he's nowhere near the toy. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where it's at now when it comes to this shadow creature. Do you think that this, uh, whatever this is, is done now? Or like you weren't sure why it showed up again. And do you feel like this is going to be something that happens again? Or did you ever come to any conclusion as to why it showed up now? No, I, I thought it was the fact that maybe, that maybe I was just stressed out again about a whole new area, being in a whole new place, uh, not near any family or anything like that. I thought that's what brought it on. on. And then I also thought it was because maybe I've gotten more into the paranormal. So I'm listening to podcasts and things like that. And maybe it just made me overactive imagination type of thing. But I'm not really sure why it came back and why little things tend to happen every now and then. It's interesting. And you were looking at the... uh looking for names of demons and stuff and then rattling off names, right? Yeah. Do you think that, and you think that kind of, you know, intensified things? Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause it, like, as soon as I said the name, that's when things got real weird. Uh, and yeah, I don't even, I don't even try to like do that again to see if things will happen. If I said the name again. Um, but yeah, it just started with, once I said that name, a growl, really intense growl happened, and it was only caught in the audio. Um, I wish I had it. And then music played, and I talked to myself in the mirror, and just super weird. 
Ah, man. So the last time you had an encounter with it, it got intensified and it, it, it sounded like it was the most threatening it's ever been towards you. Um, I mean, have you put thought into this moving forward as far as, you know, it seems like it's been evolving over time and where this might lead? Yeah, I, I thought because this time was the last time it happened. It was like stomping towards me and really almost like it was running at me. Um, and I think I just, I thought, okay, if I just put, you know, full force into my faith and, you know, trusting in God and, um, doing, you know, some type of scripture reading by myself and really strengthening that relationship. Maybe it'll help me fend off whatever this thing is. So, um, one more question about this. Uh, you told me in an email that you haven't told your girlfriend about this. Is that still the case? Uh, no, I recently, actually just before we started recording, I, I started telling her about it. <laughs> so you waited to the last minute to come clean, huh? <laughs> yeah, because she's scared of everything. She is scared of every everything. So uh, she kept asking me, um, what are you, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, ah, I don't, I don't want to tell you cause then you'll be scared. And then she kept bugging and bugging. And I was like, all right, I'm going to tell you, but you're going to be, you're going to be scared. And it, it has kind of quote unquote has something to do with you. And I told her and she stopped me right after I said it, that it looked like her and, uh, she didn't want to hear anymore. <laughs> so she's, she's just like, I choose ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want, she doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, I guess, I, I, you know, I guess that makes sense. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. I mean, if it happens again like that, would you tell her? Um, probably not. <laughs> but she already gets scared when I'm, when I'm driving around for work, she, uh, she'll text me saying that she heard a noise and she's scared. So I wouldn't want her to freak out even more. Yeah, I understand that. So you also have these uh, UFO experiences that you've been through, and I'm interested to hear about them. Okay, I'll go with um, the kind of lighter ones at first. Um, all of my my UFO experiences happened in Arizona, which is a, apparently a big hotspot for them. Um, this was me in high school. And I'm standing outside with my mom and we're kind of just looking out at the stars because you can see the stars really good in Arizona. And we end up seeing this really bright light kind of shoot across the sky and then stop and then just shoot back. And it seemed like it got brighter as it shot back the other way. And it was just a weird, like a meteor would just be going one way. I don't think a meteor or whatever or shooting star would be shooting across one way and then stop and then shoot back the other way. I'm no expert in that, but I, I don't think that's how they work. Um, another time was me and, a, me and a few friends driving in a car and we start seeing a bright light in the sky and it's kind of 
bouncing all around and we're trying to figure out what it was because it would bounce all around then shut off the light and then pop up in a different spot in the sky and then bounce around again and this was a time before drones were like a really big thing um and we decide to kind of follow this light and we're driving in the middle of nowhere really and we're driving down this dirt road following this light and it's we end up not being able to see the main road anymore any lights it's just nothing but dark in the desert and it started to kind of freak us out so now we we throw in a, a poll uh okay who wants to keep going forward following this light and who wants to stop and turn around everybody votes to stop and turn around because it felt like this light was leading us in the middle of nowhere in the desert. And we didn't know what was going to happen. Now, I don't know if it was extraterrestrial, but I know it was unidentified and it was flying in the sky. Um, and then this, this one happened, I want to say in 2014, I believe. Um, I was in California, but I had went to go visit friends in Arizona, me and my brother were driving back home. And again, it's in the middle of nowhere, this kind of empty desert between Arizona and California. And I start seeing a light again, bouncing around, just bouncing around in the sky. And I, at that point, I'm a little bit older. So I'm like, it's just a helicopter. But the way it's moving isn't what a helicopter does. It's just zipping around. And I try to wake up my brother. He's not waking up, which is funny because he he had to be awake to keep me awake type of thing. And he was just knocked out. Um, and I'm trying to shake him. He's kind of grunting, telling me to leave him alone. And as I'm trying to wake him up and I'm just, just to get some conf like confirmation that this is just a helicopter, right? Nothing else. I, I see the light swoop down from the sky and head straight towards my car to the point where I had to swerve really hard. Uh, luckily there wasn't a car next to me in the lane because the lanes are set up where you have two lanes heading one way, a giant dirt median in the middle. And then two lanes going the opposite way. Uh, so I swerved um, to get out of the way, barely like missing this light. And that's when my bro brother wakes up um, and he's like, are you okay? What's going on? Uh, are you falling asleep? And I was like, no, you didn't. You didn't see the light. You didn't see that light. And he's just like, what, what light? What are you talking about? Are you sure you're okay? And I was like, you didn't see the light that moved from the sky straight at the car and he's like no and i turn around this is all happening within a matter of seconds and i turn around and i see no tail lights because i tried to see if it was another car i don't even see that light behind us and that's like the one thing that kind of rattles my brain the most out of the three kind of experiences is like 
This one shot towards the car to the point where I had to dodge it and almost went off the road. And I still, to this day, I can't figure out what what that was because it doesn't. It didn't. As it got closer, it didn't seem like two headlights. It was just one giant, giant light. Yeah, that's scary, man. That that, that that's freaky. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that weirds me out the most. <laughs> well, weird me out too and stuff. I mean, it's just the bizarre nature of it and stuff, and not having real. I mean, I almost. I almost wish you had like, and then I was abducted kind of part of it. That way I'm like, oh, it makes sense. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that would have, that would have scarred me even more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I say it tongue in cheek. I'd say it tongue in cheek. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, that that's, that's very interesting. I, you know, I, I, I picture like almost like a, a movie poster when you're telling that story of like this light coming right at, at, at you and uh, at, Dude, I wouldn't want to go through that. No, no thanks. Why does all the interesting stuff happen to other people? Like, I don't ever have anything interesting happen to me. Drives me nuts. Yeah, and I don't even. I'm. I'm even a skeptic at. With you know, when I look up things, I'm skeptical. I'm like, okay, this is that. This is that. And with these are just the things that I can't ever explain away. And I think it bothers me that I can't explain them away. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean. I, I think that people who go through these things would love to be able to explain things away and just be like, oh, I know what that was, you know, like if, even down to like hauntings. I mean, you hear the footsteps, you're like, yeah, but I know what that was. Like, if, so say you have somebody over at your house and they hear the, the footsteps and they're like, oh my gosh, you hear that? You're like, don't worry about it. The house is settling, you know, something simple, you know, just give me some yeah. sim- simple explanation, you know, and, and we're good. But uh, when it comes down to things that, you know, you know, you saw, which this giant, light coming at you like that. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's, it sounds like, uh, to be honest with you, I get the sense just from hearing you that there is probably, there's probably some kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I want to like, part of me wants to say it was some kind of like craft that you just didn't recognize as far as like, maybe it's governmental or something, but I, I, at some point I, I feel like we can't just say it was governmental just to, uh, I mean, what's the point? Ease the mind. Yeah, like what's what's the point? I mean, what's what's the point of a a governmental craft of some sort buzzing you like that? I mean, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. I I know that there, uh, I forget who it was, one of these pilots that used to fly. uh, Well, this is really bad because I don't even know the name of the pilot or the plane, but he used to fly one of these planes that were thought to not exist and they did exist. And he said that they would buzz people to scare the hell out of them. And then they would think they had a UFO sighting, but I don't know. Does does that happen all the time? I doubt it. Yeah. I think the thing with this one too, is it, it flying like straight towards me almost gave me, well, didn't almost, but it gave me the feeling that it knew I was looking at it and kind of singled me out in that moment. And that's what, that's what scared me. Yeah. I mean, when you feel like it's singling you out like that, I mean, yeah, it's kind of freaky. But, um, man, so the shadow figure during sleep paralysis, the shadow man, and then the UFOs. And have you ever thought that those two things might be connected somehow on a spiritual level? Yeah, I don't. I mean, now it's in my head that you've kind of said it. But now I'm thinking I never saw like what seemed like a, 
like a craft. It just seemed like a bright light. Um, so I mean, it could it could be actually that you just kind of triggered something in my mind, like another another kind of experience. Um, do you want to hear it or? No, I'm not here to hear experiences, man. Come on, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this one is when I was younger. I was probably, I want to say, ten or eleven. And I remember us driving down the road. It's always surrounded by nothingness. And I remember looking up in the sky and I could see the clouds kind of open up in a circle and what looks like something kind of go into that circle and then the clouds closed back up. And in my head, I'm remembering it like when I was little, I thought, did I just see an angel or something? going into the clouds and now with both of these kind of now thinking of both of these types of experiences i i don't know <laughs> it's just what pops into my head right now yeah because I, I mean i bring that up because i know there's a lot of people out there that believe that there's a spiritual aspect of these ufo sightings um, you know i'm not totally sure on that i mean i, I could go either way i mean I, I hear all people's arguments and uh you know, consume all content, you know, but it, the idea of it, you know, just thinking about your two experiences and stuff, just thought I'd ask you and see if you ever thought about that angle of things. Well, now I am. Now I am. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm not, I, don't, don't take my word for, for scripture on that. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, no, I think I'm just going to look into it to see if there is something between the two. There you go. Yeah. Cause I mean, just be like that goofball said a question that I thought might, be relevant so i'll look into it that's all so <laughs> but uh man listen before we roll out of here uh i know you're uh, a podcaster or aspiring podcaster what's the name of your show and where can people find it yeah my show is uh induced fear induced fear podcast um you can find it anywhere uh spotify apple podcasts stitcher google podcast all the podcatchers um we have a youtube channel that has a little unboxing thing for people to check check out, which is also under induced fear. Uh, the Instagram handle is induced fear podcast. And there's also a TikTok, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and that's under, that's under induced fear as well. <laughs> hey man, listen, uh, the kids are on TikTok, And so, you know, people should be on TikTok as well. I actually have a TikTok account and I tried uh, uploading some videos, like just like short clips of the show on there. And uh, I think I put like two up and I should probably check and see how that's doing. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's not of you doing TikTok dances. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't really shake the booty a whole lot, you know. But um, yeah, I it's just TikTok. I, I mean, it's not it's not my, my cup of tea. I guess I'm just, I'm just too old for it. You know, like, it, like so many, I, I see, I see grown full grown women on there dancing around to a camera and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah. I, I, I'm I, always I, like, you're somebody's grandma. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, uh, like the one, ah, uh, uh 
I'm not going to say it. I'll piss people off. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I'm very cynical and I, I, I see some of the stuff that goes on on social media. I'm just like, well, the question you're asking, I can answer if you want the honest to God answer, you know, <laughs> like, why am yeah. I single? Um, hmm. Because I, you're, you're dancing on TikTok. Well, hey, listen. <laughs> Oscar said it, not me. So, <laughs> you know, there, there's a... I say that now, but next week I'll have a video of me dancing on TikTok probably. <laughs> You're desperate. You're <laughs> like, I'll do anything for views. I'll do anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, look at my funky toe, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Oscar, man, I appreciate you joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was It was a lot of fun. Well, if you made it this far in the show, it means you listened to all the interviews and congratulations. You have some serious endurance and I appreciate you listening to the show. That was hours and hours and hours of content. Never done it before, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know in the comments section of the post on social media. Instagram is where I'm active most. Let us know if you enjoyed this experience. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye. I'm just feeling probably like you. I'm just drifting probably right beside you. All the abyss control from afar. What did we miss? Now we're left with the scars. We love the lows, but hate the highs. Is the other side of the sun? With all this glow, it's hard to hide. The lows, but hate the heart is the other side of the sun. The dark is hard to find. Everybody wanna preach a happy median. I see they dopamine fix come from media. Now your spirit getting booked on Expedia. So search a light long island medium. I should have been taught. Sleepwalk through life, but being woke is an insult. They should have been caught. They want to slut it in fear by turning us on the asphalt. We love the lows, but hate the highs. Here's the other side of the sun. With all this glow, it's hard to hide. is bright. We love the lows, but hate the highs. Here's the other side of the sun. With all this dark, it's hard to find. is Masking from elites, got us attaching what is free. Now we're rationing our needs for our souls. Yeah. We're not fasting from belief. The smell of sharpies, right streets, looting liabilities like it's gold. Atomic number 79, Gucci, Prada, Jordan High. Sniff that line, it's on the house till your soul. The ones that keep us locked for the felony time All the ones that fund the dollars for the BLM sign Y'all ain't really doing what y'all supposed to Y'all just follow suit like the rest do We love the lows but hate the highs Here's the other side of the sun With all this glow it's hard to hide We love the lows but hate the highs Here's the other side of the sun With all this dark it's hard to find